What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. Hope all of you had a fantastic holiday weekend. We are back and ready to roll on a Tuesday. We've got plenty of Texas football to get into. Steve Sarkeesian met with the local media yesterday, gave some more thoughts on Texas's win over Rice, and also started to turn the page to preview this weekend's massive tilt against Alabama. We'll talk about what went down at Duke last night as Clemson, whoa, not great, Bob. A little bit of baseball conversation as well as the Astros take it to the Rangers in the first of a massive three-game series between the two Texas teams in Arlington. We are two days away from kickoff of the NFL season. We'll give some of our biggest thoughts and things to watch for from the National Football League here in 2023. Plus, we'll have another one of Bucky's tips for kids in the car line. We are absolutely loaded, taking you all the way till 10 o'clock right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Good morning, Buck. Good morning, BK. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated, and we appreciate it each and every day. And be safe. Absolutely. How about some breaking news right off the bat? If you are watching us on YouTube, you can see the number on your screen. If you're listening to us on the app, we've got great news. We now have ourselves a Texas Sports Unfiltered text line, Buck. Nice. Oh, yeah. Another way for you people. Yeah, you people. You people, yeah. Get into contact with this show, but not only this show, with every show here on TSU the text number, 512-222-9328. Once again, 512-222-9328. Make sure you save that in your phone. Please do not text and drive. Uh, we love ourselves. We are not worth it. Do not text and drive. But save that number and text into the shows whenever you get the chance. That's another way for y'all to get in contact with us. And we'll, of course, read plenty of you people's texts on the show every single day. So I'm almost hating things. that already. You people <laughs> are going to text us. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just like that. So great. Excited about that addition to the uh, TSU team. And we've got more big things cooking right here on Texas sports unfiltered buck. Let's start with last night's game before we talk some Texas football uh, the nationally televised standalone game, Clemson coming into the season ranked number nine in the country, which was their lowest ranking to start a season in a long, long time. I still thought they had a chance to be really, really good. Hell, I picked them to make the college football playoff on Friday. Yikes. I had big hopes for them. The Westlake kid, Cade Klubnick at quarterback after DJ Uyunglele leaves in the transfer portal. And Clemson with Dabo Sweeney, I thought they were the team to beat in the ACC, but they got beat up badly by Duke. 28-7, to the final score in Durham last night. This game got out of hand in the second half. Credit to Duke, man. That's a team that won nine games last year with former AM defensive coordinator Mike Elko as their head coach. Maybe Duke's got something a little special brewing up there in Durham, but Clemson looked like a bad football team. That was an embarrassing loss for them last night. Yeah, and the Cameron Crazies rushed the field. Come on. It's not basketball. Duke is Duke. It's a basketball school. What the hell is going on in Clemson? And for Dabo Sweeney, 
This is starting to take a funny turn downward right now in the ACC and for college football and for his playoff hopes because, you know, you don't lose game number one and then make it to the playoffs. It hadn't happened. So for a team like Clemson, that's that, that was a bad look last night. And they that was a first-game sloppy look for, for that Clemson offense especially. And the quarterback just looked very average last night. He really, really did. And yeah. that, defense, that defense, Mike Elko's defense, is pretty stout in the middle. I mean, Clemson couldn't run the football, you know. It, it just – it was not a good look for them all around. Too many mistakes, too many first-game mistakes. Absolutely, yeah. A couple of fumbles inside the Duke 10-yard oh, yeah. line, right? And, you know, on the other end, Duke had a muffed punt inside its own 30, and that led to the only Clemson touchdown of the night. Like, if that Duke kid doesn't fumble that punt return, they, shut out. they might get shut out last night. And, and TC, or TCU, Garrett uh, Clemson brings in former TCU offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, easy for me to say, to be their offensive coordinator. And you think about how good TCU's offense was, right? That was a team that played for the national championship last year. You know, Max Duggan, their quarterback, was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy they had big play after big play after big play. And Clemson fans are thinking, oh, yeah, we're about to get that offense here with us. That offense was terrible last night. Like you said, Buck, they couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah, they they took, they took kept stealing momentum from their own team. It's just, you know, the turnovers, the, the muff handoffs, the fumbles by the running backs, the big hits that Duke put on them to cause some of those fumble. You know, the they almost had another one. A fumble picked up and gone to the house too, you know, a scoop and score and they didn't get it. They got the ball, but that secondary guy, if he'd have caught that, got that baby on the fly, he was on the ground. He made sure, first of all, that he got the fumble, which is good on his part. But if he catches that on a nice bounce, he's gone out the other, out the other gate. Yep. I mean, and I think Klubnik has to run one guy down too on a fumble. Yeah, he did. I'll give Cade Klubnik credit yes. for not giving up on that play. He chased down a defensive back running down the sideline to prevent a scoop and score. But it's sad when maybe your biggest highlight of the night is your quarterback chasing somebody down know. after a lost fumble to prevent them from taking it the other way. That was rough, man. And the good news for Texas, if you care about stuff like this, Texas and Alabama is now going to be a top 10 matchup, right? The Longhorns were number yes. 11 last weekend. There were two top 10 teams that lost, both of them, ironically enough, the Tigers, right? LSU lost to Florida State on Sunday night in that standalone game. And then Clemson, the ninth-ranked team in college football, loses to Duke last night. So you would think when the new AP poll comes out in a couple of hours that Texas will be ranked in the top 10, which means, yeah, this tilt in Tuscaloosa will be a top 10 matchup. Of course, we found out that college game day is going to be there, no surprise at all. But uh, a little bit more excitement, a little bit more buzz because of some of the upsets we saw around the country. Yeah, it was very disappointing to watch that Clemson team play the way they did. And it wasn't that they were brutal on defense. It just their offense was stealing momentum from the entire team. It just was it was just so sloppy. The ball handling was sloppy. I mean, there weren't any exciting plays. They didn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball on Duke's defense. They couldn't run the ball against against the Dukies. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't run it against the basketball team. So, look bad. The really did look bad for team. How does look that bad work? for Dabo. Duke is now good at football. Kansas is now decent yes. at football. What are we doing here? What is going on now? Baylor is still bad at football. <laughs> good at basketball. Really? Oh, man, that was incredible. How about the very first text we received on our brand new TSU text line? Y'all are screwed now. 
That was the first text we Yeah, got. that's because they got a text line. <laughs> Y'all are screwed. That's, that's exactly it. what they meant. You just opened up the door. We're even worse than Twitter is a text line. And oh, now that it's here, look out. It is dangerous. Only it, one it, other thing worse than Twitter, a text line. Uh-huh. We got people. both of them. We got, they got both of them, yes. Oh, yeah. And Jake, with a good comment, man, Clemson's receivers are awful. Like, none of those yeah. guys could get open. And, and when you think of Clemson in the last 10 years, when they've been one of the best teams in college football, they've always had at least one, if not two right. or three, elite Sunday receivers, right? You think of, you know, going back to Sammy Watkins and guys like T. Higgins and Hunter Renfro and Justin Ross, and I'm sure I'm leaving out two or three that aren't coming top of mind right now. Like, it feels like they always have – a game-breaking receiver or two on the outside, and it just felt like nobody was open for them all night long. But their best running back is that kid Shipley, and they he couldn't bust a grape last night because the offensive line couldn't get it done. And there were balls ricocheting off the shoulder pads of some of their wide receivers. You're right. Some of them hit them in the hands, went through, bounced off their helmet, and were up for grabs last night. It was not a very good showing by the Clemson team whatsoever. Yeah, oh, DeAndre Hopkins, probably a guy that I shouldn't yeah. leave out after doing radio in Houston. For oh, the maybe that came years. on the that came on the text line because it's wide open. You know what I mean? The yeah. text line is wide open. There's I was leaving. Guy. I was leaving out the PED user. Sorry about oh. that. Anybody <laughs> who has been suspended for performance enhancing drugs did not make my initial list. Sorry about that, Nuke Hopkins. So an embarrassing loss for Clemson last night. A nice win for Duke. Once again, Duke won nine games last year. They played a really, really bad schedule, though. So they never got ranked into the top 25, and nobody really bought into what Mike Elko was doing. But, man, 18 starters back from last year's team. That quarterback, Riley Leonard, looks like he can play a little bit. And I'll tell you what, Buck, maybe the biggest winner of week one of the college football season, Florida State. Oh, right? yeah. Like, they whip up on LSU and get a huge win to elevate them into the CFP conversation. And their biggest competitor in the ACC gets embarrassed the following night, right? That the only ranked team that Florida state has left on its schedule. And obviously rankings change every week. I bet Duke's going to be in the top 25 later today, but going into the season, Florida state only had two ranked opponents. One of them was LSU. The other one was Clemson and Clemson. Yeah. Let out embarrassed. So Florida state, Cinnamon Roll fans, they got to be licking their chops thinking that they are set to make a big-time run this season. Man, those two, those two teams will play in a couple of weeks in September, so that's that's going to be big for Florida State, and it's going to be even bigger for Clemson if they want to make a play back. And the ACC may find themselves without a team in that in that Final Four. They're, that that could hurt them. If Clemson were to turn around and beat uh, uh, Florida State, that really would hurt Florida State, and that would hurt the ACC also, unless you're going to count Notre Dame in there. Because, you know, might as well count them in with the schedule that they play. Might as well count them as one of the teams. Don't count them as an independent. Count them as an ACC school. So, or what am I leaving out? Why am I leaving the Dukies out? Why not Duke? Why not Duke? Come on, there, that's, man. That's my new T-shirt. Why not Duke? It ain't oh. basketball season. That's Come your on, answer man. right there. Why Come not on, Duke? Because we're... Let's go. <laughs> you got to get Coach K out of retirement like your guy Jeter there to make it happen oh we didn't play last night yesterday so there's no need for jeter to show up this morning everybody oh thank god thank the astro the astros are the ones that showed up yesterday and they this is where when we talk about these three teams battling out in the west you know the mariners and the rangers and the astros this is where the experience starts to really come into play 
because the Astros are a team, if they get on a roll, they won't stop. And if the Rangers get on a roll going the other way, that's a problem for them. Now, we know the Mariners are going to fade. So all the Mariners fans who think they're really going somewhere, they're not going anywhere. They're not. It'll be the Rangers. They've cooled off a little bit. I think the Mariners are one and three in their last four games. I mean, they've just come back down to earth after a ridiculous month and change stretch that they went on to go from third place all the way to the top of the American League West. But, yeah, huge series in Arlington going on this week. The final series between the Astros and Rangers here in 2023. And this game was back and forth for a while. Uh, the Rangers jumped out to an early 2-0 lead. They were up 3-0 at one point. And then the Astros come roaring back, and the teams were trading home runs through the first six innings. The game was tied at five going into the top of the seventh, and then the Astros just unloaded on the Rangers' bullpen, which has been one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball and maybe the worst bullpen in the history of the Texas Rangers. The Astros put up a six spot in the top of the seventh inning to run away and hide from the Rangers. That win officially gives them the silver boots, and uh, they are now tied for first place, right? The Astros win coupled with the Mariners' loss in Cincinnati as the Astros back tied for first place in the AL West with uh, just under a month to play here in the regular season. So two more between these two teams, Buck. But, yeah, the Astros, they've got the experience. They're not going to shy away from big moments. We've seen that a lot since uh, 2017, and they came up big in that big moment yesterday. And they can take that show on the road with them, that experience. They can take on the road any place they need to in big games from this point on. So, And their pitching they can take on the road. And now they've got all the bats starting to wake up a little bit too. So it's, I think it's tough for the rest of their division right now. And if they get any momentum, that, that, could be the end, that could be the end for the Rangers, I believe. As you said, the Rangers pitching will have to pick up. They've got the bats, but do they have the pitching to hang with the Astros? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. The good news for the Rangers is they get Nathan Avaldi back, their best pitcher besides Jacob DeGrom, who has barely pitched at all this season. But Nathan Avaldi's missed the last almost two months with an injury. He's starting tonight's game in Arlington, going up against Romber Valdez. So a really, really good pitching oh, matchup. Yeah. I think Avaldi's going to be piggybacked, right? I don't think he's going to be allowed to make a full normal type of start in this one since he is coming off of that uh, serious injury. But still, good news for the Rangers. They get some reinforcements. But, yeah, they have been in a massive tailspin over the last few weeks. They have to find ways to turn things around because it's not just the division that the Rangers are playing for right now. They're fighting for a playoff spot. There's that team north of the border in Toronto that's been playing some pretty good ball. They got an extra innings win in Oakland yesterday. Uh, It's a wild race in the American League. A lot of good teams in the AL this year. And the losers of the oh, AOS. Just when, you, just when you say that, guess who just showed up? Oh, my God. <laughs> I said a lot of good teams in the AL. <laughs> just when you just when you thought they were in last place and ready to hide, don't forget Astros. You are still in swept. last place. You got swept this weekend. Oh yeah, God. just don't open up the door for this group, led by their captain, who is at home right now with his three daughters, wondering who's taking who to school this morning. But don't worry, he can return. <laughs> led by the captain. What do you mean led by the captain? Yeah, like Always. you said, he's in the carpool line. Getting set to listen <laughs> to your kid the the kids. kids. Yeah. Come on, oh, man. my God. A couple minutes away from that. Uh, the Yankees suck. They won't be in the playoffs this year. But, uh, yeah, nice win for the Strohs. Astros fans, congrats on 
finally getting to watch Chaz McCormick play. And that guy's been one of the best hitters on the team all year long. And oh, yeah. for some reason, Dusty Baker hates him and leaves him out of the lineup like every single day. Chaz McCormick came through with a couple of big hits. Yainer Diaz, a big three-run home run to really break things open in that sixth-run seventh inning. It amazes me that those guys have not been everyday players for this Astros team this year. I feel like the Astros would have maybe a three- or four-game lead in the West if Dusty Baker had handled the lineup a little bit differently at times this season. But, man, the Astros are talented as all hell, and things are clicking for them right now. So yeah, they're still and, a team to beat, but they're still a team to beat in the American League. There's no oh, doubt. No doubt about it. But, you know, in Toronto, you know, in the beginning of the season, they were they were thought to be one of the, you know, top two or top three teams. The Mariners were nowhere in sight. As I said, they either play hard in the beginning, lose it late, or play hard late and just don't have enough once they get to a playoff, which they haven't been in very many of them. So. You know, Toronto is the team that's kind of built for the long haul, but boy, they struggle throughout the season. They, you're talking about a team that's been up and down and up and down, but that's one of the teams, as you said, BK, if they do get hot, they've got it all. Yeah, they do. They got yeah, plenty they of do. bats now. Yep. The Blue Jays only a half game behind the Rangers for that third and final wild card spot in the American League. So, yeah, if the Rangers don't figure things out quickly, once again, it's not just the division they might be right. losing. It is a spot in the postseason that they might be losing. And I get it. The Rangers ahead of schedule. They're doing better than just about anybody expected them to. But uh, when you have the lead that they had in the division for as long as they did, you expect to at least find a way to be playing baseball in October. And we're not quite sure the Rangers are going to do that. So that bullpen is atrocious. It has cost them so many games this season and it cost him another one yesterday and, and you feel bad like people are blaming their manager Bruce Bochy but like there's nothing he can do like anybody he calls in from the bullpen is not getting the job done right now so it's an well, he's already done a great problem. job this year I mean yeah. I mean what do you what do you expect he can't get out on the mound and pitch and neither do you want him to pitch but I thought he's done a great job in his first season I thought he's done a fantastic job they needed that vet, veteran leadership you know as a manager and I think he's done that I mean players have to play I mean, he can't get out there on the mound. Those guys have to get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. A reminder, we've got a text line. We've gotten a lot of text to this point. 512-222-9328. Our buddy Tom McKay of AV Consultations is texting us personally, which he's obviously welcome to do. But I know Tom's been talking to me about us getting a text line. We finally have one here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Once again, 512-222-9328. Make sure you save that number we've got us a very positive text the app listeners i know are thrilled How about a what a neat deal we got one of those texts coming in deal. yeah a lot of uh, a lot of kind words and of course a lot of people talking shit yeah of course they are yes and this, this is a this for us this is a big week texas versus alabama and tuscaloosa seven o'clock in the evening and uh we will be having pre-game show at at covert out in bk we're looking forward to our second week out there with the with the Covert family, and we'll have a Friday meet and greet out at Covert uh, in BK, beautiful BKs with their three uh, three wonderful dealerships out there. We can't wait to get out there on Saturday. We can't wait to get out there on Friday where Michael Griffin will be out there. A Longhorn legend will be joining us and giving you guys an opportunity to talk some football with Michael, talk some football with us, ask us any questions you want. But, of course, generally when you people come out there to these little meet and greets, you have all the answers anyway. I'm looking forward to your answers on the Texas football season after game one. And I'm pretty sure their head coach wasn't very – I'm sure he's positive, but I'm, I know deep down inside he wasn't very happy with what he saw 
on Saturday from a physicality standpoint, BK. He had there, there's just no way he can be. No, no. We'll uh, hear from Steve Sarkeesian here in a moment. He met with the media yesterday, talking a little bit more about Texas's performance against Rice, and of course, starting to look ahead to this weekend's massive tilt, what will be a top ten tilt between the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide of Alabama. But it is Tuesday. It is 8:20, which means it is time for another one of Bucky's tips for kids in the car line. What you got for the kiddos this morning, Buck? Here's what I got. Brought to you by our good friends at Relax the Back, Recover, Work Smarter. Sleep, reimagine, and live pain-free with Relax the Back and BKs at the Hill Country Galleria across from Whole Foods. And, of course, in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. I hope you folks got a chance to grab some of those Labor Day sales and get yourself a nice chair, a, a nice mattress, but definitely an office chair that you need because I'm in the luxury of my Relax the Back chair right now. No moans, no groans, just all relaxation. Tips for kids in the car line, and it may work for the adults, too, on this Tuesday morning. If you want something you never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. If you want something you never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. That's a, probably a tip for all of us. But for you kids out there, you know, those goals that you set, you know, you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to try and do something that you may have never done before to get to it. So mm-hmm. be prepared to do that. Like what? Well, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm asking for examples today. Well, you may have to, you know, you may have to be the one who not asking mom and dad for the car on the weekend. You may have to ride with your friends. I know you like to get in your car, get dad's car. Now, not every kid has a car. Well, most of the kids I know have cars, but <laughs> not every kid has a car. Not every family can afford three or four cars, but you may have to double up with a friend this week. This weekend for your, you know, the high school game or when you guys decide you're going to the movies or whatever, you may have to double up. Sorry, it may be uncomfortable for you, but you may have to just do those things in order to get, hey, in order to get to where you want to go with that special someone, you may have to go double up. You know what I mean? Fog the windows? That's right. You may have to do for kids, teach them how to fog up the windows in the school (laughs) parking lot? (laughs) No, I I said nothing about fogging up. I mean, it could be coming. I mean, it could be a math thing. It could be a science deal. You may have to go mm-hmm. to regions you've never been in order to have that success. Oh, tutoring, right? Tutoring, yes. Tutoring. It. Hey, you may have to spend an extra hour instead of going out with the gang. Guess what? I've got to get this done. I've got another hour of studying. No, not 25 minutes, not 45 minutes, but one full hour in order to get it. So if you want something you never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. I like that. You know what? And I wanted to have a successful business. I'm with you. I've never done this before. I've been in radio. And now look where I am now. YouTube sensation. That's what I've, that's what I've decided to do. Join you and the rest of this gang. So I've never had this in my life. Somebody else was in charge of what I do. Now I'm part of being in charge of what I do. So I love it. YouTube love sensation. Bucky Godbolt. Yes. I thought I'd hear that. Is that what it says on your business card? YouTube sensation? On my way. Doing there things I've never done before. I like that. Even at the ripe old age of 88. You're 68, still... my friend. 68. Uh, I heard what you said to the Delta Airline folk. Oh, I did say 70, but <laughs> hey, kids, sometimes if you want to get to a place, that's right. Get back to Austin. You may have to do something you've never done before. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first yeah. how about that 
I'm was, sure none of the kids have ever lied before. Come right? on, kids. Don't be doing that. Oh, man. Speaking of Delta Airlines, we do have a hilarious story involving Delta Airlines that oh, we're going to no. get into in the 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, somebody had a worse travel experience than you did. But. Oh, I, I guarantee you there have been tons of, of people that have had worse than I did. It was just my first at having a worst. Yeah. You know, it was just my first, and it sucked. It really, really did. But my wife will be headed off to Livingston, Idaho on Thursday. And she's flying Delta. Oh, no. Oh. And the Delta spokesman here was trying to tell her about that. Maybe <laughs> take some around the way, you know, roundabout ways to get there. Oh, no. She's taking that chance. She's going to give Delta a chance. And she'll be heading to Israel in October. And you know what else she's flying? Delta. And I'm letting her know now. Don't expect to be there on time. Does she not listen to you? No, no. Oh, after all the crap you've talked about Delta, even though you're the Delta spokesman, I guess. Yes. The fact that your wife is taking two long trips via Delta Airlines in the next couple of weeks, that is insane. She believes in the people. She just thinks I brought that voodoo upon myself probably oh it's your fault it was my fault that's what you get for using the porta potty outside of your <laughs> high school that was your punishment for that oh man hey but before we hear from steve sarkeesian some more love to some more of our sponsors how about woods comfort systems they're celebrating 60 years of providing top quality plumbing and hvac services they handle ac maintenance repair and installation heater repair and service they can do duct work they can do attic insulation and of course plumbing services as well their goal has always been and it continues to be to provide exceptional hvac and plumbing services all throughout central texas find them online woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call and tell them you heard about it right here on texas sports unfiltered i'm telling you if something's wrong with your ac don't call anybody else call our friends at woods comfort systems 512-842-506 Six. And by the way, if you need to be, a, would like to be a sponsor for that text line, just text it to us. I'd love to sponsor your text line. Why not? You know, I like that. I BK, like that. Will, BK will accept that. Remember, this is the guy who'll take money from the Taliban. Yeah. Hey, Al Qaeda, if you're listening, <laughs> but get that specs text line. Pay up, Trump. <laughs> Pay up. You live golfers. Hey, you want the specs text line? Okay. I'm calling hey. it the specs text line now. That's what I used to call it. Where hey. I was before, before they threw me out with I'll no shoes, what. no shoes, no. no underwear, no nothing. You know, they took what, it all. What they they stripped you of your clothes and then threw you out? They tried to strip me of my dignity, but that did not work. You haven't had that for years. Come on, man! <laughs> what are you talking about, <laughs> man? Yeah, there was nothing left to strip on that front. Oh man, yeah, I'll tell you what. Hey, I've been on Ukraine side in this war. Over there. Oh, no, tell me you do the switcheroo. If Russia comes through with some big money to sponsor wow. our next line, I'm just saying. Uh, yep. Just saying. With this guy, money talks. Let me money tell you. Talks and BS walks, and I'll be walking probably because I'm full of it. All right, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, this was from his opening statement yesterday, Buck. 
He kind of recapped the victory over Rice, and he talked a little bit about the offense and kind of what went wrong and what needs to be corrected before this weekend's matchup against Bama. Offensively, again, just that that inconsistency early on, especially at the line of scrimmage. You know, we, we made some errors up front that uh, were uncharacteristic for us. Um, very fixable things, which that's what we were working on here this morning of getting those things tightened up. A um, couple things in the run game as, as well as in the pass game. A couple of the protection breakdowns, the, the, the fourth and one where we don't block uh, a free hitter right at the point of attack. So uh, that's, that's the good thing, uh, that when you, when you go watch it, that the things that occurred are fixable. Uh, but I, like I touched on with the team, um, everybody on our team has room for improvement, coaches included, where we can be better uh, going into week two. Yeah, and the first thing I wrote down were, are these things fixable? Because every coach says everything's fixable. You know, well, what's what's not fixable is the you don't have a you don't have anything that makes you more aggressive as a player. That's on you to be an aggressive football player. So he can't he can't fix that part of it. You know, the aggression and and that those fourth down being able to get after somebody. But assignments you can fix those things. You can look at film over and over and over again. They can't have guys in, in gaps, BK, unblocked. They just can't. That, if it's an assignment bus, you can fix that. If it's an aggression bus, that scares me with this football team. And I saw too many things that looked like they were under-aggressive. They were not aggressive enough. They were very passive on their run blocks, not just fourth downs, but during run blocking. That's what worries me. That's, that's an individual thing. That's where you, you've got to be tough. That's the offensive line coach. That's you as an offensive lineman having to get that fixed. That's you as a a lead blocker or whatever, having to fix those things. Are those fixable in a week? Are you not just, I mean, I mean, if you haven't been aggressive all summer long, you're not all of a sudden going to start getting aggressive. That's going to have to be built in you. You're going to have to dig down and that's going to be on you. That's not a coach's thing standing over you with a stick, tapping you on your shoulder saying, you got to hit harder. You got to hit harder. That's on you. So fixable stuff is assignments. No doubt about it. They can fix that. If there's a guy standing in a gap, you can fix that. But guess what? Those guys standing in the gaps this week, they don't even have to be all the way in the gaps. They can stick an arm in there and be that good at Alabama. Yeah. We're talking about a, a, a Rice player that's standing in the gap all alone. I mean, uh, an Alabama guys that have part of their bodies in there are going to be a pain in the ass for this offensive line if that's, if that's the case. Well, you say they're fixable, Buck, but can they be fixed in the span of one week, right? Because Texas looked lost on the offensive line for large portions. It wasn't just a series or two where Texas right. didn't have their stuff figured out up front. I mean, the entire first half, and there were even still some moments in the second half where the offensive line just didn't look as buttoned up as it needed to be. And obviously the communication issues were prevalent, you know, over the course of a long four month season, I absolutely agree with you. I think that stuff can be corrected, but can it be corrected between last Saturday and this Saturday? You don't have a choice. Yeah, have, I know that. You, you know, you can't come to the you can't come to the media and say, "Well, we can't fix it. We got to wait till next." You don't have uh, winter workouts and spring practice. It's over with. That's now come and gone. So a coach is never going to tell you it's not fixable. They have to say that. Uh, there's not many of them. I mean, unless Dan Campbell will come there on Thursday and say, "Well, can't fix that. Kansas City's going to kick the shit out of us." I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's the realistic part of it. But no coach is going to come to the microphone and tell you it's not fixable in week one. They're all going to tell you we can fix that. But what I worry about, are they aggressive enough? I mean, I, that, that's the part that surprised me more than anything that I saw in the football game last week was that was Rice. That was a step below Duke. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about, you know, you call them the nerds. 
that's nerd 2.0 right there. Yep. That, that Texas just got through playing against the nerds last night were some tough physical nerds. How did this group down in Houston get to be that tough for a Texas offensive line? It was supposed to be rated one of the best offensive line in college football. It, that didn't show, it didn't show on Saturday. Uh, fixable on assignments, yes. Is it fixable on, on aggressive play? I don't know if you can fix that in a week. That's, that's up to the individuals, I believe. Yeah, I really like do. They were being too nice, right? They knew well, they, they were, were being a little up. passive. I mean, maybe assignment, you know, you had a new guard in there. Maybe yeah. for him, the communications wasn't quite there. Yeah, I think you can fix that. But when, when, when the communication's not there, you play passive. You know, when you're not sure about your assignments, you know that when you, you, know, when you tread through that water and you're not quite sure if it's, you're in, that next step is going to go real, real deep and it's going to go from your waist high up to your throat high. I mean, that's, it's a little bit different. You don't play as aggressive. You don't take that regular step like you would if you're in water like that. You know, that next step will go over your head and, you know, you're scared as shit. I mean, it just scares you that way. So I think for the football team itself, it's got to be, I got my assignments. I'm ready to go. I Now I got to play with the aggression that needs to be played by an offensive line. The defense didn't have any of those problems. They weren't, no. they weren't walking through the water. They weren't treading around. They didn't care about the next deep step. They were ready to go. And I no. think they'll be ready this week, too, against Alabama because they are going against one of the better runners in college football. Maybe not one of the better quarterbacks, one of the better runners that they're going to go against this year, they'll face this week. Yeah, well, let's uh, hear Steve Sarkeesian talking about that runner, Jalen Milrow, the former Texas commit, now the starting quarterback in Tuscaloosa. Sark was asked about Jalen Milrow and just the Alabama offense as a whole, and here's what he had to say. Jalen's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, I got a chance to recruit him out of high school. Um, you know, he, he's got a, a dynamic arm. Uh, he can make every throw in the book, it, off platform, on the run, doesn't matter. He's a, a tremendous runner. He's an elite runner with the ball in his hand, uh, with his speed and his physicality. Uh, and he's highly competitive. He's a really good leader. And the thing probably that concerns me the most about that is they're very balanced. You know, they can run the ball with the runner. Uh, they've got really good speed on the perimeter with Isaiah Bond and uh, Jermaine Burton and, and that crew that they have there. They utilize their tight ends, and they got a physical offensive line. And so you put all that together, and then ultimately the threat of the quarterback run. You know, they've got a multitude of quarterback runs, whether they're zone reads, power reads, quarterback direct runs, quarterback scrambles on third downs. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that's the toughest to prepare for, that we're going to have to spend extra time of how do we, how do we control and contain the quarterback with his legs. The, the rest of the offense is the offense, which you see, and it's good, and it's, it's very well designed, and they've got really good pieces. But the quarterback run, uh, and no one, they're going to run the quarterback. It's, it's not a secret. What they did in week one is, is you know, we're going to get something different, and that's okay. Um, but, but, you know, making sure that we are accounting for number four and all of the quarterback run games is going to be a real key to the drill. Yeah, and don't, don't think that Sark is not above using a spy on this quarterback because he's an elite runner. He's not an elite passer. He's average to below passer. But don't, in this particular game, make him an elite passer and an elite runner. He yeah. can't have both. He, he looked pretty you, good. You can't have the, both. He looked good throwing the football this past weekend. I mean, he's a much better runner than passer. I don't think there's any debate about that. And last season, he really struggled. He didn't play a lot, but I go back no. to that AM game where Alabama nearly lost to the Aggies in Tuscaloosa, the game that Bryce Young had to miss with that injury. And, yeah, Jalen Milrow and the Alabama offense, they didn't have much success through the air in that one. Jalen Milrow looked a lot better 
with his arm this past weekend. Now, of course, they were going up against Middle Tennessee State, but the deep balls were a lot better for Jalen Milrow than they were for Quinn Ewers. I can tell you that much. And yeah, he, he put him in play. He, he at least didn't put. He didn't leave him to the sideline to the yeah. Gatorade bucket. I put. He put the balls in play <laughs> where his guys could get them. But yeah. I, I just, I, I, I've, I've just got to, I've got to think that Sark and this defense will be okay against the pass with him. They'll settle back and you know they'll bring they'll bring pressure and they'll get pressure. This offensive line for Alabama is huge. They always are. I mean, they're just they're just a bunch of big guys, but they cannot forget the way he runs. They can't let the regular run game with McClellan and the rest of these guys get going. That's where the problem really comes in because then his play action, it helps his guys get open. It, it helps an average passer become a really good passer if they can run the ball and then play action pass off that. If you spend your time waiting for him to run and he's able to sit back in the pocket and find guys that are open, they have talented enough wide receivers to get it done. And they definitely have talented running backs. I don't know them all. I know this. They always do. They always will at Alabama. There's always one guy that's absolutely fantastic or two players that play the running back position that are as good as anybody in America. And I'm pretty sure they've got them again this year. Yeah, they do. Even though it's kind of a minor miracle that Alabama hasn't won a national championship in either of the last two seasons, they've still been recruiting amongst the very best. Yes in college football. So they've got a ton of talent on that team, even though they lost two top three players in the NFL draft, right? With Bryce Young going number one overall to the Panthers. And then Will Anderson going number three overall to the Texans. Uh, they don't rebuild. They reload in Tuscaloosa. Yep. And don't get it twisted. Even though this is the lowest ranked team that Alabama has had going into a season since 2009, they still have one of the most talented rosters in all of college football. And, of course, we know who's on the sideline. But you're right. They, they've got unproven. I mean, there's no Jamison Williams there. There's no John Mechie there. There's no Amari Cooper. Like, none of their receivers have proven a whole hell of a lot. But we are still talking about a bunch of four- and five-star kids on the outside. And then, like you said, their run game is always good. Jace McClellan, former Oklahoma commit, I think, you know, it obviously sucks. Texas has to play him, and that guy busted off a big run in Austin last year. And nobody put a glove on him. Nobody even touched him yeah. with their hands. I mean, yep. that dude was out the gate and gone. He's yep. got he's got legitimate speed. You know, they had two runners last year that could just absolutely fly, and he's one of them. Yeah, he's a beast. So Jameer Gibbs was gone, a first-round pick, but Jace McClellan, a former five-star, that guy's an absolute monster. I guess it's better that he's in Tuscaloosa than him being in Norman, but obviously unfortunate that the Longhorns have to play him a couple of years in a row. Ryan yeah, Williams is really good. I mean, they've got they've got ridiculously good running backs again, and that's what they're going to try to do, Buck. Like the last couple of years, and Sark was a part of this, but especially with Bill O'Brien, you know, Bama almost felt like a pass-first team at times. Sure. And when you have yeah. Mac Jones, first round pick, and then Bryce and Young, wide receivers, winner, oh yeah, yeah, and those wide receivers, it's like it's understandable how you would want to air the ball out a little bit more. But Nick Saban, by bringing in Tommy Reese, the new offensive coordinator from Notre Dame, like there's a lot of twelve personnel that Bama was implementing against Middle Tennessee. I watched that game yesterday. Uh, a lot of twelve personnel, a lot of power run. Like this is early Bama, Nick Saban. And hell, LSU style Nick Saban. Like, that's the type of offense that you're seeing from Alabama. It's one game, but I think Texas is going to see a heavy dose of the Crimson Tide on the ground. I don't think they want Jalen Milrow to throw more than 20 times in this one, Buck. No, I, can, I, can, I, I agree with that. They don't they want, want to, want to run it 40 or 50 if they can. That's what they would love to do. They would like to prove to this Texas defense that this isn't right. You're not going to sit up here and stuff the run game. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to run the football and we're going to, we're going to run it 
often. We're not afraid to run it three times in a row, you know, but you, you, you want this kid to have to throw the ball. You don't want him. You got to have your assignment. You can't have your back to him. You've got to have a spy on him. It'll be silly if they don't spy him. If they let him just go back in the pocket and what, what they call a design throw becomes a design real run where he scrambles out of the pocket and now he's running loose, you know, like he's, a, like he's one of their Heisman Trophy runners, that can be a problem for Texas right there. So somebody's going to have to spy him, whether it's a safety, whether you have a, another linebacker that's good enough to cover him, you know, in the open field. But I'm thinking they're going to use an extra safety in there sitting around that linebacker area as if to be a linebacker against the run. But because I want him throwing, I don't want him running. Yeah. I want him throwing all day long. I know he's a better passer than I know you think he's a better passer than I believe he is. But I know what he can do running the football. He's yeah. a dynamic runner. And he's not like he doesn't look like a little guy. He looks thick. I mean, yeah. he like a he's, big he's he's two twenty. I mean, he's big. Yeah. And Shark talked about that in that audio we played a, a couple of minutes ago. Like, not only is he fast as hell, but he's he's tough to bring down. He's thick, man. He he kind of looks like he could play some safety. Honestly, yeah. And Texas is not going to have a they don't they can't spend their time having fourth and threes and fourth and ones where they're getting jammed up on a fourth down play. They have to keep the ball, and they have to keep the clock moving. On the road, you want to have some consistent drives where you have, you know, those 12-play drives. You want to take six and seven and eight minutes off the clock if you can against them. You don't want to be three and outs in Tuscaloosa. No. You don't because they're they're going to play four quarters of football, total football. Their special teams is going to be on the money. You know, they're going to look to, to return balls, block punts. They're going to look to do all those things that you want to do against them. But you're on the road. Plus, their coach is going to still, in my mind, is pissed about what happened last year here at DKR, where he had to talk about how great the fans of Texas were, how the atmosphere was wonderful, that we got it. We're lucky to get out of there alive. Whatever happened in the end zone with the call, you know, Bryce Young taking it down the field, them missing a, a one-on-one against Bryce Young, you know, blitzing him and head ducking, and the guy gets around for a first down. Nick Saban does not want to do that in Tuscaloosa. He wants to prove that that was a fluke last year. Yep. So Texas and Texas fans, fans, as they get ready to go to the SEC, he doesn't want to give them – after this game, he, all he wants to do is say it was a good game, they played hard, but we, lip, we whipped the crap out of them. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be giving Texas any credit after this football game. He had to do a lot of that last year. Even mm-hmm. though they won, he had, to, he had to eat a little bit of crow on the way out the door talking about how good this Texas – football team was the coach was and the fans were he doesn't want to do that at home yeah well Alabama was more than a two touchdown favorite last year and they needed a last second field goal to win the game so uh yeah Vegas and most of the college football world did not expect that game to be as close as it was now I'm not going moral victory guy here and trying to brag about that from a Texas perspective Sure, go ahead Aggie do that do that (laughs) oh did you see what TCU did speaking of moral victories they, no. they hung up a banner for them making it to the playoff last year. They should have waited a little bit before they hung that after this week. I yeah, well, they hung it before the Colorado game, and that was probably karma. Like you don't you don't raise stuff for second place TCU. Can't wait till wonder if they had a big twelve runner up banner up there too. Because they yeah, didn't I, I can't wait till the Bobcats raise theirs, Baylor. <laughs> you calling what a national championship Come for on Texas now. State this year? Absolutely. Let's go, Cats. Uh, where are you at with this game, Buck? Because, and obviously, you have until hell, the pregame show on Saturday to change your mind in terms of who wins between Texas 
and Alabama. But you said before the year, you think this is a one-loss football team. Now, you didn't specifically say where that one loss was going to come for the Longhorns, but do you think this is still a one-loss football team, number one, after what you saw against Rice? And number two, if it is, do you think that one loss happens at Bryant-Denny on Saturday? I do. I think this is a 10-point 10 point game for Alabama, 10 points or more. I don't think this is a dogfight okay. into the fourth quarter. I think, as I said, I think Nick Saban, as of, this, as of Tuesday, I'm not going to be able to see practice at all, but I know that offensive line, from what I saw, you're going to have to get better, and you're going to have to get better quick because I saw a little bunch of little rice dudes running all over the place, standing in gaps, hitting guys up underneath the chin, you know, stopping fourth down plays. I don't know if you can fix that in a week. I know the assignments you can fix, but I don't, I don't know if the toughness is there for this Texas offensive line right now. I, there, there's a lot of thinking going on. You can't think playing against Alabama. You just got to play. And your physicality has to be there. It, there can't be, should I have taken this step? Should I have been in this gap? That, that hesitation against a group like this at home after last year will get you smeared. Hmm. You'll get pap smeared. You'll get it all. You'll get, you'll get it all against this group if you're not ready. I mean, this will not be pretty. And, you know, right, right now it is just Tuesday, and I'm saying 10 points. It could be field goal. It could be, you know, as, as you said, I don't have to make a final decision, but as of right now I think it's a 10-point 10 point Texas a 10-point underdog in Tuscaloosa after week by, one, after what I saw from both teams in week one. Damn by double digits. Wow. Well, Vegas is a little bit more optimistic than you. Texas is still an underdog in this game. No surprise. Everybody is when they're playing on the road at Alabama, but it's only a touchdown line right now in Vegas. So I'm more optimistic about this game than you are uh, for Texas. Texas is going to have to hit different wide receivers. They're not going to let – they're not going to let um, Worthy. They're not. They're not going to let Xavier Worthy, or as somebody called him yesterday on our broadcast, James Worthy. Oh, that <laughs> was Wags. He must have been high at the time. <laughs> he really. <laughs> he called him Big Game James <laughs> yesterday. That was fantastic. Wow. Oh, that wasn't a nickname. You, you, that you was just... that te- you can hit that text line on that. Oh One of our my illustrious God. Guys that hey. did the show. Big game, James, James Worthy. Hey, Hall of Famer, James Worthy. I wouldn't mind X being a Hall of Famer. Come on now. Well, they're gonna. They're not gonna let X get down there. They're, they'll let him go down the sideline and use the sideline as their friend when them bombs get thrown four yards out of bounds. But they're not gonna let. They're gonna not gonna let him slide across the middle of the field. They're gonna have two guys waiting for him. Anything in the middle of the field. So uh, they're gonna have to hit. Whittington's gonna have to be a huge part of this game. And so is Sanders. He's going to have to get his head around in time so it doesn't hit him in the shoulder blades. But they're going to have to find a way to run the ball. And this offensive line is going to have to do some things that I didn't see them do last week. Can they improve in a week? I hope so. Yeah, I do I hope so. But right now, if I'm going from game to game and then game one with both teams, I think that they just added three points to what they can do in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, if the O-line plays like it did in the first half against Rice, then Texas, forget losing by 10 points, they're going to lose by 21 or more. Uh, The O-line cannot get pushed around like it did against Rice, and you don't need any of us to tell you that Alabama's a whole nother level of competition. So, yeah, Texas has to figure some things out. They've got to be more physical up front. Uh, They've got to get that communication worked out. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for Quinn Ewers. And, hey, It might not be a long day for Quinn Ewers, actually. He might get hurt at the end of the first quarter 
like he did last year. Like that's that's not my number one goal for this Saturday, Buck. Like the number one goal is to win. That's always the number one goal. But can we please get through an Alabama game where our starting quarterback stays healthy? Yeah, please. Like I'm so tired of having the discussion of, well, if our guy stayed healthy, would we have won? I I think we all feel the same way about the 09 national championship game. You know, last year, the way Quinn Ewers was playing in the first quarter, it's impossible to not think that Texas had a really, really good chance to pull off the upset if he was able to stay on the field in quarters two through four. I just like that's that's number two. Number one, win at all costs, whatever. But number two, please, I do not want to be having that discussion on Monday, whether or not Texas would have won if its starting quarterback stayed on the freaking field. But that's the ifs and nuts. And if my aunt had, she'd be my uncle, all that good stuff. Your aunt yeah. had what now? She'd be my uncle, you know, all those little thoughts there. Is yeah, I like I, I I like I like what Sark is saying, but this is what most coaches say anyway. They're they're going to tell you that this can be all there, it's all fixable. Yeah. Until you get to about game four, and we're still talking about is it fixable? You know, can we fix that? Can we well, yeah, we'll get it done this week. You know, you just, you just don't want to get a bunch of that from week to week. And especially with a group that's supposed to be that good. You know, we're talking about this offensive line is one of the best. Now uh, they're gonna have to get good really quickly here in a matter of days. So they can't come close to playing the kind of game they played on Saturday. Well, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian about the offensive line, right? Because he was asked about that after the game on Saturday, but he was also asked about it after uh or excuse me, during his press conference yesterday on campus. And here's Sark talking about the O-line play and the Longhorns' victory over Rice. I thought Christian Jones had a nice game uh, at tackle. Uh, you know, he's probably the cleanest performer on the offensive line. I, I felt like the rest of the guys kind of took turns with some simple errors, you know, things that, that reverted back to kind of training camp stuff that, um, like I said, I knew we could, we could fix and, and that we're, we'll get fixed this week. The thing I didn't love, I didn't love our physicality. I, I feel like we were a more physical football team than the way we played. Um, and so that's a real challenge to our guys. You know, there's a style and manner in which we want to play the game up front. And, and we've got to become more physical. We've got to play more physical. And I think that comes when you remove some of the hesitation. Like I said, Saturday after the ball game, I felt like um, we were a little bit slow and a little bit hesitant trying to kind of diagnose what we, were, what we were trying to do up front. And in reality, we got to go cut it loose and we got to play a brand and style of football that, that is ours. Yeah, I mean, you, as I said, you can't play when you're hesitating. You have to go. And if you make a mistake, you need to make a mistake going full speed. You know what? I mean, you can make up for a lot of things if you're aggressive. You know, if if you've got if, if you've got to come off a double team to a linebacker, well, if you knock the crap out of the guy that you're double teaming into the linebacker, you may not even have to come off BK. You know what I'm saying? But when you're when you're not aggressive and it's time for you to get off of that guy, and maybe you didn't you didn't you guys weren't teaming this guy up enough, this guy slips off gets in between your double team and that dude is sitting right into your backfield. There's a lot that goes into that stuff. So it's, you got to play aggressive and especially at that position, offensive line, you have to be going full speed. You can't be thinking about what you're doing. And there's a lot of assignment to it. I'm not saying it's, it's assignment free football on the offensive line. And they've got more assignments than anybody on the field, you know, and what you have to do and how you have to block certain, certain looks and what you see. So it's, it's, they're, and by the way, they're generally the smartest guys on the team, offensive linemen. I know that's – I've said that, and Casey Stutters is probably listening to us going, 
yeah, I'm a smart guy. No, you're not, Casey. But those <laughs> guys. but you, Casey. Yeah, everybody but you on the office line. But generally, those guys are the smartest guys. So they have to do things. You know, they have to think quick. They have to think with aggression. And they have to get it done. And, boy, you don't want a lot of thinking against Alabama. You just want to be aggressive if you're playing against them. If you have to change up some of your blocking schemes to, to fit more one-on-one types of things, or you don't leave gaps free, you know, where you zone block and everybody's going this way and the movement is together that way, you may have to do a lot more of that stuff against an Alabama team. You don't want to vacate spots against Alabama because if you vacate them, they'll be in them. Yeah, they'll be in them and you'll lose your quarterback again. And you'll lose your running back too. You'll lose everybody. Yeah. Yes. Can't have that happen. I got to reach out to Stuttered, man. We got to get Big Casey on. Oh, this uh, would be a great show. week to have him, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call him, see if we can get him on and get his thoughts on the offensive line performance and also his thoughts on what this Texas team is going to be this year. Hopefully we can make that happen. But, yeah, I mean, Sark agrees with you. Physicality, just it wasn't there. Like, Texas looked like it was trying to let Rice off the hook at times up front, and you can't do that. You've got to have that killer mentality. You've got to want to impose your will, right? It's not enough to just block somebody, but you want to pancake them on every single play, man. Make them scared for the very next play. You've got to have that dog in you. And they didn't do it from the beginning, BK. They never did it. You know, that first two series, they should have come out. They should have come out fourth and one and said, here's where we're going. See this? We're turning around, and we're handing off right here in this B-gap right here, and you're still not going to be able to we'll, – we'll let you know where we're coming. You can't stop us from getting a yard. Instead, there were guys, the guys standing in the B-gap waiting when the running back got the ball, and there was no push. I mean, they, they, they've got to change that. That's, that's a mindset, but that's on, the, in the, that's on a lot of the individuals. they got to learn their assignments, which they will. They're, they're well coached about it, but then they have to, they have to play freely on the offensive line and just get going. Yeah, that's on Kyle Flood. Like, I think Kyle Flood's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. He's done a great job on the recruiting trail. I'll give the pancake fund an assist. There you go. There. Uh-huh. He's done a pretty good job. Like, the O-line was very, very good last year. So, I've got faith in Kyle Flood, but that's on him. Like, I know he's also the offensive coordinator. Let's be real. This is Steve Sarkeesian's offense. He's the real coordinator. He's the play caller. Kyle Flood, to me, his number one job is to get that offensive line right. They were right last year. They were not right week one against Rice. And if they're not right week two against Alabama, then this is going to be tough. And, and Buck, you've got to, like, I, I don't know what Sark's thinking right now, man. Like, obviously, publicly, he's talking about having confidence in his offensive line. And he's talking about those issues being correctable before this weekend's game. But does he really believe that? Because if he doesn't, he's got to change the entire game plan. Like they, they can't be dropping back five or seven steps on these plays. They got to be short and intermediate, which might be better for Quinn Ewers right now. Like they might have to go tempo. They might have to go quick passing game. They might have to go a little bit more RPO. Like they might have to change some things for this game this week and maybe moving forward if the offensive line is not going to be the group that we right. had hoped. Well, first of all, they, they're missing a guy named Bijan Robinson that played running back for him. And he disguised, you know, like you said, a lot of things that were happening with the offensive line last year. They may not have been as aggressive as we thought they were, but that guy can make up for a lot of your mistakes on the offensive line. He just could. As I said, those fourth down runs on Saturday, that dude would have slid outside, spun off the, spun off the open guy, and gone down there for 30 or whatever against a Rice team. But it's not like that. They don't have that guy right now. That guy's not in their backfield. They've got good runners, but that was a great runner. That was one of the all-time runners in, in, in Texas uh, running back history 
that was in the backfield last year. And they don't have that. They don't have a power back like they had in Roshan that if a guy's not blocked, he will stick his shoulder pad and his helmet right in a guy's chest and take them for a first down himself. They don't have those guys. They've got more scat back type of guys than they have power runners right now. Mm. So you, until the freshman starts having some success, I like. I still like the way Brooks played. I thought he he's a really good running back. I, I'm still not quite sure about, about the freshman, and that's yet to be seen because it'll take him a little bit of time to get going. And is this the week he gets going? Is he banged up a little? Everybody says he's okay. Well, you'll see how many snaps he plays in this game if, if you really know if he's okay. Or are they trying to let us understand he is a little banged up? We don't want to tell everybody that he's banged up. But you'll see if he starts – if he's not banged up and he's practicing this week, then he should be the starter again, I would think. Yeah. I would that think shouldn't so change. Too. I don't know. That, that shouldn't change, should it? I mean, it was an or on the depth chart last week, so maybe it does change. I, I think the depth chart will still say C.J. Baxter or Jonathan Brooks. But what do you think Brooks will play? Maybe it's Brooks who gets the first carry on Saturday instead of C.J. Baxter because Brooks looked a little better, and also he's a little bit more experienced, right? Like, yes. Obviously, last Saturday was C.J. Baxter's first ever college game, and boom, your first ever road game is a trip to Tuscaloosa. College game day is going to be there. It's a top 10 matchup, and you're going up against Nick Saban. If Maybe you're, if you're good enough, coaching staff. you're old enough. Yeah, yeah, easy on that, R. Kelly. If you're good enough, you're old, you're old enough. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. What'd you, uh, since you're the running back coach, what'd you make of Jaden Blue, who actually led – the Longhorns in rushing against Rice. Do you think maybe he deserves a little bit more run this weekend? Well, he runs better between the tackles than I thought he could. I mean, he finishes strong. He's still just lighting the ass to me. He just he just is. He's he's more of a scat back, and I think you have to find ways to get him out on the perimeter. And for me, I mean, I think they have, as I say, when you vacate areas, if you're pulling guys and pulling them from the backside to the front side, things like counters for Jaden Blue where he can set somebody up you know, if a defensive end squeezes down and you even get a half a kick out block, but he feels like he can get to the outside. That guy looks like a guy he can get right around you. If you're not, if you're not playing your assignment correctly as an outside rusher or as an outside end, if you run the counter with some of these big studs pulling and you get a full kick out and he can get up inside because he runs well inside. So I think you can run him inside, but he doesn't have that power inside. To me, if he's the guy who can get around the perimeter and go, it's going to be hard to catch him. I like, and I do like for a little guy the way he finishes his runs. I like him. I like him a lot, but he's yeah. not the big bet. Brooks is the guy. He Brooks is the guy that I think needs to get the majority of the carries right now at this time of the season. Really get him going so that you, when you're running for a championship, he's still ready to go in game number seven, game number eight. You know, you can spare him at times, but early in the football season, let him build his confidence. And if you think C.J. Baxter is your guy, and he's not hurt. You're going to have to play him against Alabama. He's going to have to get in there against teams like that. I mean, the ball, remember, the Alabama game isn't what's going to keep you from winning your conference championship. Right. It's just going to give you an indication on what your football team is. your football team tough enough throughout the remainder of the season? And are you too deep? Are you too deep? Are you two and a half deep? You'll find out that on Saturday for sure. For sure. I still think Jonathan Brooks is the best running back on this team right now. I do now. too. I think C.J. Baxter probably has more potential in the long run, and I don't know when the long run is, right? Maybe that's this season. Maybe that's a year or two Maybe away that's from Wyoming. Now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Jaden Blue this weekend. 
And here's the reason why. And I get that that might be a little disappointing for Longhorn fans because I, I think a lot of people agree with you, Buck. They were impressed. I was impressed with what Jaden Blue did uh, against Rice on Saturday. But all of the reports we heard from the offseason in regards to Jaden Blue was that he struggles blocking. And in a game like this, against that defensive front, coming off of a bad offensive line performance, I don't know if Sark is going to trust Jaden Blue to be out there a lot. And it's easy to just say, oh, we'll just put Jaden Blue in on the run plays and let him run. Now, you can't tip your hand like that against Nick no. Saban, right? Like, you have to be able to have faith in any running back that you put out there in any situation to be an effective runner, to be a pass-catching weapon, and also to be able to block just in case they need to. You can't give stuff away like that against no, Nick oh, Saban. No. So I, I don't know yeah. if we'll see a lot of Jaden Blue. If those reports are true – and I don't have much reason to believe that all of the great insiders we have covering this team are lying about that or are wrong about that. If that stuff is true, I think uh, Jaden Blue, we might have to wait until that Wyoming game to see him on the field. Well, but if he's one of your weapons coming out of the backfield in any way, whether it's little swing screens or running counter plays or just flat-out tosses to the perimeter and you think you can get the edge, I know it, you know it, the American people know it, that he may not be able to pass block, but you can't leave a weapon sitting on the bench when you're going to need them all. If you don't, if you're, if you're young running back won't be able to, you know, I, who knows? I don't know if he's, I, I'm just going by what they said. He practiced yesterday. So it sounds like he's ready to go. Now, can he play with a, with an ouchie or whatever? Can he, can he do it? We don't know. We don't know what his level of toughness is. You know, when he gets out there, it's not like he's going to be getting hit by guys from rice this week. These dudes, when they lay on you on the pile, it's going to be different. It's going to feel different. You know, when they go by you and you catch an elbow to the ribs or that forearm hits you, it's going to be different than the kids from Rice hit you with maybe some of their shoulder blocks. It's totally going to be different the way you get hit this week. And if you got a little ouchie, I don't know. Got to be careful. You really do. I mean, if ouchie. you're, if, you know, you'll, you'll find out if they're worried about him, how he plays, what series he comes in, sure. if he's ready to go. Because to me, if I started, if I started that dude in week number one, that tells me that I think he's old enough and good enough. Then if, if, if he's not hurt and they said he's not hurt, well, then he's going to be the guy who's going in the game for me the next week. There's no reason why I don't put him in. I mean, one game I'm not afraid to put him in because it's Rice and then I play Alabama and then I'm afraid to put him in. No, I'm going to play him. If he's the guy, if he's your chosen guy and in week one you put him in a football game because he was good enough to do the things that you've seen him since he got here, then in week two, if he's not hurt, then you play him. I mean, you yep. start him. He's that guy. You don't keep going, oh, you're the starter this week. Oh, no, we're playing against Alabama. You need to sit on the bench. We don't think you're good enough for that. If he's not hurt, I want to see him start. Agreed. I want to see him. I, I believe I think I know who the good, the best back is right now this, this time of the season for, for the University of Texas, and it's Brooks. But if the running back coach and the head coach and the offensive line coach thinks it's the other guy, if he's not hurt, then start him. Let's go. Hey. Just we're ride playing. the hot hands. I don't care who starts. Yeah, we're playing, we're playing football here. We're not thinking about how we go from week to week and who's the starter and who's not the starter. I know who's going to start at quarterback. I mean, he didn't play a great game. He wasn't bad, but he didn't play a great game. So now against Alabama, do I think I need a more physical quarterback? Are you going to start Malik Murphy now? Or what are you going to do? Well, it's different. Quarterback. Oh, well, yeah, it's the quarterback back. position. Oh, yeah, and, you know, you were started every game last year, and you've got a true freshman going up against a guy who was the third stringer last year, so it's a little bit different. But, you know, for me, I I don't really care too much about who starts. Just ride the hot hand. Like, but, it, you're, it, but you're ready to put him in there in short yardage. You're ready to put 
Malik Murphy in there for a quarterback sneak for a two yards or a yeah, yard. I'm ready for that. Yard. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not ready for that if Texas didn't practice that. Hopefully, Texas right. practiced that. I don't think they did because I don't think the QB sneak has been a part of any Steve Sarkeesian offense, not only here in Austin, but going back to his time at USC and Washington. But yeah, like work on that. Add that to the playbook. Hopefully, that is a wrinkle. Like we know Sark kept things very vanilla against Rice. We know he's got more than a few tricks up his sleeve, at least we hope, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He had some things last year that clearly Alabama wasn't prepared for, especially in that first quarter when he had his starting quarterback on the field. Sark's got some things planned. I wouldn't hate in short yardage slash goal line situations if a Malik Murphy QB sneak was part of the playbook because that guy, even Bama, would have a tough time, I think, bringing that guy down at the line of scrimmage, right? Like that dude, go push-push on this oh yeah let him fall forward get jonathan brooks back there pushing him forward i don't think too many teams in the country are going to have much success being able to stop that on third or fourth and one yeah good call i like that call yeah uh how did you feel over the weekend what did you see from college football i I think my biggest takeaway for college football this week were the quarterbacks and obviously in week one that's what most people see how the quarterbacks around the nation play and there there were some good I mean, last night was not good for Cade Klubnik. I know he'll get better as time goes on. That was really his first start, but he looked very average last night as a guy uh, leading leading the team, you know? Yeah, he did. I don't think he got a lot of help, right? I mean, some of the mistakes by that Clemson offense were on him. There was that uh, one of the fumbles lost inside the Duke 10-yard line, I think, was on Cade Klubnik. The other one, obviously, the running back just coughed it up. Uh, I don't think Klubnik got a lot of help from his receivers either. I don't know if Clemson has anybody dynamic on the outside, which is a weird thing to say about Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. And, uh, yeah, the O-line didn't look that great either. So it was a bad performance all around, but not to take all of the blame off of Klubnik. He definitely struggled, and that was an uncharacteristic performance by that uh, Clemson offense that had high hopes going into the year. Hey, I, I do because I know you've got an updated Heisman watch. We got the Bucks Heisman watch this year. But before we do that, let's talk about audiovisual consultations. Our man Tom McKay, he was listening earlier when we were talking some Major League Baseball. He said it, the Astros are going to get the first round by, which means they will win the AL West. I agree 100%. He also says Toronto is going to get the third wild card. and It'll be the Mariners that are out. So maybe there's a way the two Texas teams make the playoffs and Seattle scuffles down the stretch. But our guy Tom McKay, AV Consultations, Buck, he can hook you up with the home TV setup of your dreams. No doubt about it. All you have to do is go to AV Consultations and let Tom McKay and his staff come out. And, folks, do not try this at home. And don't go to the big box stores and buy the TVs and all the, the mountings and all the stuff that you think you need to get it done. Tom has all of that stuff. Plus, he's got the best when it comes to the products, the the LGs, uh, the Sonos equipment, and he's not going to raise prices on you. He's not going to jack up prices on you because some of the big box stores can't get it. He's got it for you. Give him a call today at 512-255-8678. They are the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid. Make that call today to AB Consultations. Absolutely. The very best in the business. You see these two TVs behind me. I've got seven TVs in my apartment, Buck. I'm talking like a thousand square foot place. And I've got what are you, seven. The mothership? What is this ESPN? What are you, the mothership back there with all that stuff in the background? Come on, man. That's what we're trying to do here. All right. We're trying to be professional. You see what yeah. I got? I've got this Texas state flag behind me. Yes. It flew over the capital, capital in honor of me. That's right. Back in the day. What do you mean? Yeah. That flew over the capital. I did, did some. Steal it? I did, yes. The state capital. 
you know, where we were on Sunday. That huh? flag flew in honor of my name, yes. What, what and, did uh, you do? What did you do to deserve the flag? I'm a community service guy. I get out there. I'm in the community. I don't just go around door to door like selling Girl Scout cookies. I'm a community man. So I was yeah. out in the community doing some good works. Let me see. Let me see who signed this. You know, don't let me put that up there. So you can do that too. Hold on, Taylor Swift. You're in the community. You're talking about being a man of the people. And the yes, Lieutenant they, Governor Bob Bullock. You you told that us my honor. that guy's dead. You told us a story <laughs> yes, yesterday <laughs> where a homeless guy tried to come up and shake your hand, and you told him to F off, and you shoved him to the ground. I did not shove that dude. That's I did not shove that dude. Yesterday. Now you're saying you're a man of the people and a public servant? Get out I've of here. I've had two mistakes. I've had two mistakes when it comes to the community. There was once at McDonald's where this homeless girl, the D, D-L-H, dirty, dirty little homeless girl, came up to me. I came to her, and I said to her, I said, Hey, can I buy you? Can I buy you lunch? And she said, no, do I look like I need to have you buy me lunch? And I said, well, no, I'm just offering to buy you lunch at McDonald's. She was right inside. She was really dirty. She was like a little, little like pig pen a little bit. I got that. I understand why I got it. But she wanted to hug me. She goes, but I could use a hug. And I said, no, I don't do hugs. I'll buy you lunch. And now she didn't take my lunch. Dude. Oh, I had to double back there the next day because I knew that was kind of her home away from home, if you know what I mean. And she looked at me. She goes, hey, you're the guy who wouldn't give me a hug. And I said, I'm the same guy that won't hug you again today, <laughs> but I'll buy you lunch. Come I mean, on. She really, huh? Come on, man. No, that's not mean I'm not a man of the community because I didn't want to hug a homeless girl. Hugs are free. You could have gotten away for free. You didn't have to money buy was anything. Free. Hey, the money was free, too. She didn't have to do it. I didn't ask her to dance. Mm. I didn't ask her to do anything. She didn't ask you to dance. She just wanted a hug to make her feel good. No. She needs people. She's here's by a, herself here. on the streets. Hey, here's a wonderful high five. You need body contact, slam it right there. You wouldn't hug. even do that to, no. to the homeless guy yesterday. Well, that dude came at me. He was going way too high. He was going like he was coming in for a dude was coming in for a hug. And I said, I will F you up. You need to back up. Plus, he smelled like JD. I mean, he had a there was a there was a you know, there was a scent to him that wasn't very good. So I didn't need a you know what? I'm not the president. I don't go around hugging people. I'm not hugging babies and hugging daughters and smelling smelling their hair. I'm not the president. I'm not doing that. I mean, that guy had a foul smell about him. No. I can do a lot. Of, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll kiss babies. I'll change diapers. But some people, it's just not going to happen for. That doesn't make me a bad guy. So you need to come off of that. Let America understand that I am a man of the people, but everybody doesn't get a hug. It's you're not. Man, you're a man of the people except the homeless people, right? What? <laughs> God. If you have a home, the bug cares about you. If you're on the streets. Sorry. No can do. Offered the, I offered her lunch. Mm. She wanted a hug. I said, lunch is what I'm doing today. My day is a lunch day. It's not a hug day. So you, My hey, goodness. Great comment from Jay Ward here. You're going to hug dudes at the urinal while they're taking a leak, but you won't <laughs> shake a homeless guy. <laughs> I'm not hugging guys. I'm I'm having a conversation with them. And, uh, and most of the times they smell like urine. They don't smell like Jack Daniels, okay? Uh, they haven't been drinking at the job. So. Yeah.
How about, how about on, this baby. on the text line? By the way, we do have a brand new text line here for Texas Sports Unfiltered, 512-222-9328. Once again, 512-222-9328. Save that in your phone. Don't text and drive, please. How about this? Add this to your tip for the kids. Don't push homeless people to the ground. <laughs> I didn't have any contact. I don't know why you're telling the people that. I did make contact. I just verbally communicated to them. I will F you up if you continue on this path that you're going diving in, smelling like a bottle of Jag, smelling like two bottles of Tito's, you know, coming at me. No, I haven't mm. been downtown on a Sunday in a long, long time. I don't know those people's act downtown right now. You know what I mean? I'm not amongst the people like you on 6th Street on the weekends. You know what their behavior is. I don't know what Sunday behavior is downtown. And when a guy's in my bicycle lane, which we're probably both in the wrong, when he starts veering towards me, I'm not a bully of the community. What is going on here? Why'd you get a flag from Bob Bullock, man? You're just bullying everybody, and you're getting oh flagged. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, before we get to the Bucks, Heisman Watch, a quick shout-out to our friends at Altstad Beer. I love Altstad Beer, man. It is my choice of beer here in Austin, Texas, USA, America. It should be yours as well. Hopefully your fridge is stocked with Altstad all season long. If you've got a big watch party coming up this weekend, make sure you've got a bunch of Altstads ready for you, for your friends, for your family, for whoever. They've got a number of different brews. Something for every beer drinker out there. And every Altstad is brewed with just four simple ingredients. There are no additives. There are no preservatives in any of the Altstadt family of beers. So you can feel good about what you're putting into your system. But most importantly, you can actually enjoy the taste of what you are drinking. So many beers these days that that, uh, the taste just isn't right. Altstadt's got this thing down to a science. It is fantastic. One sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. Bucky. Yes, How about sir. a Bucks Heisman watch update after week one of the college football season? Yeah, I'll start out with the Florida State quarterback, uh, Jordan Travis. I, I like the way he played. I thought he was fantastic on Sunday. I mean, he, the, his numbers won't come out to some of the other guys' numbers, but they're not far behind. But his leadership uh, in that game versus LSU was, was really evident there, and especially in the second half, the way he played. So he's – He's 1A right now because Caleb Williams, the defending Heisman Trophy uh, winner, I still think is the number one guy right now. And US, U, USC is going to need an awful lot of offense because that defense is going to be terrible. They're still going to win a lot of games, BK, I believe, but he offensively is hard to stop and they're hard to stop. And he's going to be in shootouts because that's the way the defense plays. He's my number one guy still to repeat as a Heisman Trophy. I know it's early, but that's right. Shakur, yes. I believe he's in the three spot. I still like uh, the Notre Dame quarterback, Hartman. Uh, T.J. Finley. That's right. Hey, Baylor fans, T.J. Finley. What? How about that guy? You're putting the Texas State quarterback in your How top about the five? Bobcat quarterback. Oh, my. Baylor, what, do you th- what did you think? Don't you think he belongs belongs on the Heisman watch? <laughs> and DJ Finley, the uh, the LSU and Auburn transfer, now quarterbacking the Bobcats of Texas State. 
He's on your Heisman list. That's right. Hey, and if I've got to put in there, why can't I put in Andy? Was it Peasley? Peasley from oh, Wyoming. Yeah. Why can't he be on that Texas Tech fans? If I'm going to put the Bobcat quarterback on the Heisman watch, can I put this kid Andy? Can I? Andy can't make it at Wyoming. Why not? He'll get an opportunity in another week to come to University of Texas and show why he should be on the Heisman list. But we're not going to let that happen like you just did there, Red Raider. No, we're going to avenge that loss for you, Tech, because that's what Big Brother does. Little Brother gets bullied. They need help. Who comes up? That's Big Brother. They step up. They take care of business. That's what Texas will do. You know, even though it's our last year in the Big 12 and we're leaving, and even though y'all are talking all sorts of noise about us leaving, we got you one more time, Texas Tech. One more time. We got one your back hand. like we've had for the last 25 years. In this we've conference. had your back. We're, we're making you a lot of money. We've been there for you all time and time and time again. We're going to do it one more time on September 16th when the uh, Cowgirls of Wyoming come to town. What do you think of Travis Jordan? You think, or am I, am I over, overplaying Caleb Williams? As a repeat guy, you know, we haven't had a repeat guy in quite a while. So, I mean, he's the favorite right now. Like, he was the Vegas favorite going into the season. And he's played two games, of course, because USC played in week zero last weekend. Uh, and his numbers have been ridiculous. He's still the Vegas favorite on the updated odds after the first full week of the college football season. So, now, I mean, Caleb Williams, I think, is everybody's favorite okay. right now. He's, he's done nothing wrong over the first two games. He's been magnificent. He picked up exactly where he left off. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's off to a tremendous start. Um, don't forget about Travis Hunter from Colorado, right? Shador Sanders, the quarterback, he was amazing. And we know how oh, this has kind of become a quarterback award in recent years. Right. But, man, Travis Hunter, I mean, if he's able to do what he did against TCU over the course of a 12-game season, maybe not put up those stats every single Saturday, but if he's able to play like 100 snaps, if he's able to play on both sides of the ball – at a pretty high level, then that dude's got a shot to be in the mix. No. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking from week to week and you're right. He probably should have been there in front of TJ Finley, but you know, I, I just don't know in the long run, BK, if he, that's, that's going to be, they're going to have to really hone in on, is he in a more of an offensive player? We need a more on offense than we do on defense. I know he plays both at a high level. That's a lot of snaps on a body. It just is. Yeah. And, yeah, they played against TCU to look like the Sisters of the Poor on Saturday, and he could do those things in the heat, but it's a long season because they got the Cornhuskers this week. They do. He's liable to be able to do it for two weeks in a row, but they're going to start getting into, you know, the Washingtons, the USC's of the world, and that's going to be an awful lot. That's a lot of snaps going into probably about week three or four. It's yeah. a lot for him, I believe. I think he'll do fine at one of those things. I think he's dynamic at either one, but – and they're probably going to need him more offensively because he really is a pass catcher that can go. I mean, they've got a lot of those guys on their offense. But as of week two, you're, you're week, going into week two, he's probably one of the top vote-getters. But Deion's son can light it up too. I mean, oh yeah, he's not going back to run at all. He's going back, he's going back to throw the ball. And we'll see if he starts to get some interceptions on some of these throws that he's just taking chances on when he refuses to run, when he's not going to run. Can he hang in the pocket? And everybody be open? Can you find somebody every weekend, week out, somebody's going to get open? They've got yeah. some really good receivers, but there's going to come that time where he's going to have to make some tight throws that he's just going to throw it instead of running it because he doesn't want to run. No, 
I'm fascinated to see what Colorado does this weekend, right? Because everyone across the world has been giving them nothing but love since that upset win in Fort Worth. And they should beat Nebraska, right? Like if you go oh, on the road oh, yeah. in TCU, you would think that you're able to beat a Nebraska team that dropped another heartbreaker in their season opener. And with everything the Huskers have been in recent years, you would right. feel like Colorado's got a shot. I am curious, though, if there's a letdown opportunity here for Colorado at home. If they win that one, they've got Colorado State in week three. They could be 3-0. and Now, after that, how about a trip to Eugene to take on Oregon? And then USC comes to town. So the schedule gets a whole hell of a lot tougher towards the end of the month. But, man, I mean, what a start for Colorado. They are the story of college football right now. And back to Travis Hunter real quick. Like, I, I don't know if it's sustainable, but he did that in 100-degree heat in Fort Worth. Like, that's that's the hottest game Colorado's going to play in all yes. year long. Absolutely. And that guy was able to, like, he, he was fine for all four quarters. So maybe that is the game plan. Obviously the risk of injury is way higher when you're playing all of those snaps, but it's nice I, to be young, but I guarantee you during the course of the week, he's standing right beside his head coach. When the yeah. defense is out there, he's not backpedaling. He's not doing very much. He probably practices once a week, maybe twice a week. And he's doing a couple little jogs and then he's taking it into the world, to the whirlpool. He's not, that <laughs> dude is not hanging out there going full speed all day long. He's yeah. just not. I mean, your coach would have to be foolish to do that to a player that's that valuable to you. Yeah, you want him to be just like the rest of the team, but he's not just like rest, the rest of the team. Well, Dion wants him to be like Dion, right? I'm yeah. sure Dion uh, sees a lot of himself in his son, but he also probably sees a lot of himself in Travis Hunter. Dion yes. was the best athlete in the world for a while. And don't forget, Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the country a couple of years ago. So this guy's got ridiculous athleticism and really, really elite talent, too. Maybe Dion's like, man, I could, I play two sports. I could play both sides of the ball in football, and I could play baseball at the professional level. Like this kid, he, he's like me. He can maybe play both sides of the ball and be okay. So we'll see, man. We will see. Yeah, Did it's you, all right till it's not all right till you've yeah. worn him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, if and he gets better, people are going to be critical of Dion. Like, how well, could yeah. you do that to a kid? Right? Well, he's not. If he can't be effective, I mean, if you wear him out and he's not effective on one side of the ball, then you've hurt your team. I, I don't think the coach is going to want to hurt his team. I mean, that guy's very valuable to the entire team. He's got good players. His son is a fantastic player. They've got some really nice wide receivers, a good little running back. And you want to keep this thing rolling. And, yeah, you can get away with it in week two and three. But I don't. that's a, that's a long season. And right now we understand that the Pac-12 has got some pretty good teams. The ones that are hanging around are still pretty good. Yeah, no one's lost in the Pac-12 just yet. Did you mention you broke up a little Travis bit? Jordan. How about Travis Jordan? Who? Jordan Travis, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the Florida State guy. Yeah, did, yeah. You, did you mention Penix from Washington? No, he's no, I did not. You're absolutely right. No, he's yeah. got to be in the top five right now, too, because he's got all kinds of crazy numbers. Yeah, he actually has the second-best odds in yes. Vegas right now behind only Caleb Williams. How about – 450 and five touchdowns against Boise State. Now, this ain't, you know, Jared Zabransky, Ian Johnson beating Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, Boise State. Shout out to Boise for that upset. That was awesome and will always be awesome. But Boise State was still picked to win the Mountain West this year, and Michael Penix Jr. in that that Washington offense just boat raced him. Yeah, I mean, he's got his oldest receivers return. He's got an offense that's really special. His offensive line is good. And I don't know. I don't know anybody that throws the deep ball as well as he does right now. 
Dude, 450 and five touchdowns in that one against Boise State. Yeah, Michael Penix. Texas fans obviously got to see him in the Alamo Bowl. He's an impressive kid, the Indiana transfer. You're right. They've got 2,000-yard receivers back from a season ago. Man, Washington. The three of the top four Heisman odds players, uh, there's a better way to word that, are Pac-12 guys right now. You've got Caleb Williams at plus 450, Michael Penix Jr. at plus 800, Jordan Travis from Florida State is plus mm-hmm. 1,000. And then Bo Nix from Oregon. Bo Nix. 1,600. They put up 80-something in their first game, and they play in Lubbock this week. Oh, yeah, but the championship will be going through Lubbock, and Bo Nix will be coming that way with that Oregon team. Did they just not put up 80 on somebody? They did against wow. Portland State High School for the blind, I think. Yeah. Still, they're, coming uh, to, they're coming to put at least 50 to the Texas Tech program. Oh, you're calling yeah. a 50 burger? Oh, they're coming 50 burger looking at them. Oh my god. All right, there is uh the Bucks updated Heisman watch after week 1. But I still want to ask you about the, the Florida State yeah, They've got the team that can run through the ACC, I believe. After watching Clemson last night, that game in September is going to be big because I don't think anybody else can beat I mean, is is Notre Dame having to play Florida State since they're playing that that ACC schedule? If they don't play Florida State, I don't know who else in the ACC can beat Florida State. Dude, I'm telling you, I mentioned it earlier. Nobody had a more successful week one than Florida State. All right, They got a huge top 10 win over LSU. And not only did they beat them, but they beat the brakes off of them in the second half on Sunday night. And yeah, their biggest competition in their conference lost to Duke. And they got routed by yes. Duke. So Florida State only has one ranked team left on its schedule, and that's Clemson. And the game's in, what do, we, what do they call it, Death Valley, the fake yeah. Death Valley, yes. uh, in a couple of weeks. But Clemson clearly has some issues right now. So, yeah, Florida State, massive win to elevate themselves into the CFP convo. And then, yeah, the one ranked team that they have looked awful in their season opener. So, and that bodes well for their quarterback in the Heisman race, too. It does. It really does. So, yeah, Florida State, they, they can lose a game, I think. You know, if they go – uh, 11 and one and then win the ACC I think they would make the playoffs so they can afford a mulligan at some point down the road but they might be favored I don't know if they'll be favored at Clemson we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks but uh just because the game is in Clemson yeah they're going to be favored in every other game this season you would yeah. think so and nonetheless the quarterbacks are, are the standouts in week one for me all over the place and I still I'm really liking the kid Hartman I think he just keeps moving up the ladder as an NFL-type quarterback that they're looking at right now, too, at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, they they get a little bit better every week, too, now with their second-year head coach. And they they like throwing the ball. That's that's really different for them. They like throwing it around the yard with this kid at quarterback because they've not had a kid like this for a long, long time at Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame's an interesting team this year. Hey, did you see what they did at uh, Clemson after last night's performance? Or did they, they do it? They changed Howard's Rock to Jordan's Rock, and they put the crying Jordan. No. (laughs) Great. So now whenever Clemson runs out onto the field for their home games, they've got to touch the uh, crying Jordan meme. I touched that rock before. You touched, what, Jordan or Howard? Howard's Rock. I touched that rock before. Really? Boston College. Are you allowed to do that when you're the visiting team? We're the visiting team, yes. Mm. How did it feel? you run down the hill and eat shit are you kidding me fall down that hill no i didn't fall <laughs> down that hill 
Oh man, I was gonna say there's no way, even in your prime, that you could have made it down that hill. Going without... down that hill, I'll lose oh, limbs man. going down that hill. Oh no. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Uh, the text line five one two 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 nine three two eight. Yes, that is right. We have ourselves a text line here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's unsponsored. So if you yeah. or somebody you know wants to uh, be the sponsor for the brand new TSU text line, please let us know. Shout out to all of the kind words. We've got a BK and Bucky. Glad to hear y'all's voices again. Love it, guys. Keep it up. Somebody says, always hug Pam Cummings. Any update on Pam, Buck? She's doing just fine, y'all. Very she's, good. She's, she's a year older and still she's still getting it done, doing her ceramic work. Very, she does pottery. Very Pam has always been good at pottery. So making me little ashtrays, I don't smoke. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I get ashtrays and things like that. But no, she's doing okay. She can make me a ceramic car. I'll buy it. Mm, I like that. You don't smoke these days, huh? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. You know, I'm 23 years sober. I'm praying for everybody out there that struggles with their addictions. Just you can do it. It can be done. If you need help, you can get help. And if you can afford help, buy it. It doesn't matter how you get it. Just get it. That's, that's my tip for adults that are struggling with a little bit of anything right now. So don't let addiction bring you down. It's not bringing me down. I'm addicted to, that's right, T-S-U. That's what I'm addicted to right now. <laughs> oh, man, me too, man. That's well said. That is very well said. And, yes, John and Dripping, this is the text line. Someone texted in and said, this is John and Dripping. Is this the text line? Yes, the answer to that is yes. Yes, yes, Whatever John. you texted is correct, 512-222-9328. Buck, before we get back into the NFL, we do have a Delta Airlines story to talk about, but before any of that, how about our friends at Covert BK? Yeah, we're loving those folks out there. And right now, they've got three state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep. And, of course, the Ram is out there awaiting you. Don't forget, Don, they got Ford in Hutto and Ford Lincoln still in Austin. Don't forget the other two dealerships that are there. They've been doing this since 1907, the Covert family, selling cars and trucks throughout Central Texas. And while, while you're out there, say hello to Dan, of course, Dan Covert, and Mike and Stacy. And, folks, they've been wonderful to us, and we can't thank them enough for what they've done. We'll have a, we'll have a meet and greet out there this Friday. They'll start at 1130. Folks, if you can get there at 1130, between 1130, 1145, Michael Griffin will be out there. Texas Longhorn, great, will be there to sign some stuff, say hello. And we talk a little football. We give everybody an opportunity to talk about the team, ask questions about the team. Michael, of course, on LHN right now, doing a fantastic job. We'd love to talk with you, take some photos with you, sign a couple autographs with you, and have lunch with my friend Mitch over there at Smokey Moe's. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Smokey Moe's will be bringing the barbecue. We got the drinks for you, the, the clean cause drinks. We got the water from Hill Country Springs Water. We've got that water out there. Spend about an hour, and then you can go back to work like you always do on a Friday, right? We're done oh, around yes. noon, 1230 or so. Guess what? Then go back to work. Labor like I did yesterday, like my boss who made me work on a Labor Day. I had to work. You need to go back to work on Fridays. Keep America great. Keep America going. Keep this, keep this machine churning by going back to work on Friday. How about that speech to parents in the car line? Don't take off and go home on Fridays. How about MAGA Bucky showing up? Make America great again. Wow. By working, by putting in a full day on Friday. Yeah, I'll tell you what, your boss sounds like a jackass, dude. 
Wouldn't want to work way, for that guy. I'm starting to wear out. It, it It is going on my second or third straight week of work here. I am going to need, that's right, a Kawhi Leonard day off here shortly. <laughs> Come on, man. Again? It's just a day. We've got 75 different people that are involved in this station now. Maybe they can try working a full day. <laughs> you know? Everybody else works too. You've taken yeah. more days off than anybody. You know what? I take a lot of time off because I deserve a lot of time off. That's the way I put it. Oh, man. I don't know. That's an opinion right there. By the way, nobody beats a Cobra deal. Not now. Not ever. Not ever. Shout out to them. Shout out to our friends at CentexTickets.com. They gave away a pair of Texas Rice tickets on this show last week. Thanks to them for that. We might have a few more ticket giveaways. Thanks to our friends at CentexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to any game all season long, and hey, you're trying to go to Tuscaloosa. They've got those Texas Bama tickets on site right now. They've got tickets to every Texas game, every Aggie game, Texas Tech, Baylor, Texas State. Eat them up, cats. Whatever college team you root for, you can find those college football tickets right there from your phone or your, your computer online at sendtextickets.com. And they've got those tickets available for the, the concert out at Formula One out at Coda. Is it uh, Lola Falana? No, I've been, I've been getting that name right here. You didn't get it right there. No, Nina Simone. No, no, no not Nina Simone. That'd be awesome if that was possible. Um, talking about Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, yeah. Or Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado. They're the same, aren't they? No, no they're not. I can't. <laughs> I've never known who you're talking about, and you don't know who you're talking about. It's what? the Furtado. Oh, the, the, the Tillman Fertitta? <laughs> yes. The UX guy? Yeah, but he's got Shelby's got your tickets to all your events, all the everything that's happening at the Moody Center. That's that's those are our folks right there at Syntex Tickets. They'll get it done for you. Amen. And yes, we just went over the 4,500 mark in terms of subscribers on YouTube. If you're nice. watching, please like this video, give it the thumbs up if you haven't yet. But also make sure you subscribe when we get to 5K. We've got a massive giveaway planned, and we're not just giving away one thing. We've got a bunch of stuff to give back to you people. So the quicker quicker y'all spread the word, the quicker you can get our subscriber count up. We're hopefully doing our part, but we need y'all's help on this deal. The quicker we can get there, uh, the faster you've got your chance to cash in on those great prizes. And, you know, you texters will have a chance to win, too. If you listen on the app, hey, still subscribe on YouTube because you guys are going to have the chance to uh, cash in on those great, great giveaway prizes that we will be handing out here, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. And, you know, I'm starting to feel a little twinge in my back, which means there's rain coming here soon. Yeah, that's right. Rain is a-coming. No, it's Look not. for it on the weekend. Look for you while you're out there at the ice cream parlors on a Sunday with your family. Take your umbrellas with you because we may have rain on Sunday evening. That's right. You're putting you in the call? I'm making the call right now. That's right. I'm not making the call with victory yet on a Saturday, but there'll be there'll be victory for some people that need this rain, I got to believe, on Sunday. Wow. Can we get another rain dance? I'll do whatever you need to happen by Saturday. After, after that victory, I'll be dancing naked in the streets if that were to happen. <laughs> but on Sunday, be ready for some rain. You know, okay. and my, I'll tell you this. My doctor understands – all these times that I've talked about rain, which we've had out here in the tiny hamlet of Dripping Springs, that's right, 40 minutes of a downpour here. 
where you didn't get it right there in Oak Hill, in that village of Oak Hill with the non-believers that you live amongst. They <laughs> believe out here in Dripping Springs. We will have some rain on Sunday. You know, you're the only person that I've heard say that it actually did rain in Dripping Springs last week. Everybody else I know in Dripping Springs didn't say a word about rain. So I'm still skeptical that it even did precipitate last week. I think you're making all of that up to you try heard, to make First of all, you heard the rain. Smart. You heard the rain. My wife wasn't holding, holding a hose up and getting that done. It actually rained. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't your wife. It was Javier who was holding up the hose. <laughs> to show that there was water on that video you sent me. Uh, well, how about this, Buck? You uh, you had a rough experience with Delta Airlines a couple yes. of weeks ago. Tell me if your experience was rougher than what some of these folks had to deal with on a recent flight from Atlanta to Barcelona. You talk about a crappy situation. Atlanta. Here we go with Atlanta again. A Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around and make an emergency landing after a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the plane. That's right. The Airbus diarrhea like going down the aisle. Man, here's the story. Here's some more of the details. The Airbus A350 aircraft was two hours in to a transatlantic flight from Georgia to Spain this past Friday when the pilot asked Mission Control if they could come back because of the fecal fiasco. The pilot said to air traffic control, quote, this is a biohazard issue, end quote. So that was what caused an emergency landing. They were two hours into a flight from Atlanta to Barcelona, uh, they started going. They had to turn all the way around and go all the way back to the ATL because this guy had nonstop diarrhea on the plane. Somebody on that plane had Pepto-Bismol. Somebody brought extra clothing on that plane. I need to get to where I'm going on time. Quit it. Quit shitting on yourself. And listen, if, even if you do, somebody's got to offer up a pair of pants so everybody can get to their destination on time. I mean, we, we wipe up babies. I mean... Clean it up. Let's just keep rolling. Pilot can't turn that around unless oh. that dude sit next to me. <laughs> well, what if there was crap in the aisle? You well, know, how do you how do you clean that up? You can't get that smell off while you're mid air. Like you've got to oh, have the professional cleaning crew come in there. No, and you don't. That's not bio. It's just human feces. It's poop. Clean up the poop and roll on. People got to get to places. You can't miss your next flight because some guy pooped himself. Clean that up. Get yourself some – somebody's got some deodorant spray. Somebody's got something in their back. They have carry-on. People have stuff on the carry-on. Let's be, a, let's be a group. Let's be a community. Let's help each other, and let's oh, move on. Let's not you're going out there. Up. You're going to be the guy who volunteers to clean up the guy's runs? I would volunteer. If I could get to where I needed to go and it was necessary for me to go and I had carry-on – and I've had all my stuff that I bring, my extra underwear, an extra pair of pants. Hey, dude, quit shitting on yourself. Put on these pants and go sit in the toilet till it's time to land. I mean, come on. I'm not going to yeah. stop a flight for that. We Clean don't, that we don't up. Get, we don't get all dude. of the details in terms of where on the plane the uh, the bathroom stuff was happening. We just get 
that it was nonstop. So I don't know if the guy like started in his seat and then he couldn't hold it in as he's walking all the way back. And I am assuming this is a he. Uh, sorry about that, guys. But this this year, yeah, because ladies like can it. hold all of that stuff, all that yeah. inner inner energy. Very seldom do ladies crap themselves or pee on themselves. Do can't hold anything. Well, yeah, girls don't poop. Also, yeah. so we know that. But yeah, I don't know if it was at the seat and then walking to the bathroom and then it just kept going on in the bathroom to the point where like the smell was so bad back there that it was just going all the way through the entire plane. Maybe it was that. It hit the pilots. Is that what it was when it finally hit the pilots? All the way from the back to the front, and the pilots are like, dude, I'm going to pass out. I can't fly this shit. Yeah, I can't. You know what? That's 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 a rough travel, but that's rougher than what I went through. I would still say that. I, I keep thinking that it was like a national catastrophe for my overnight stay. That wasn't bad. People have had worse flights, but when you're wanting to get home and you want to get home bad and everything's supposed to be on time, and you're at the hub of the flight, the, the plane that you're at, and they can't get you out, and people are going through Minnesota in order to get to Austin. Now, that I, I, I just say, listen, I'll volunteer. I'll wipe that up, but let's just keep rolling. Don't turn this flight around for that. Give me some toilet paper. Give me some, give me some huggies. Give me whatever I have to do for that dude. Somebody's got a kid on there. Get out some diapers and put it on that man. We can't turn the flight around for that. If the guy didn't have a heart attack, and there was nothing going on where this guy was capable of dying. Suck up the smell. Put something underneath your underneath your nose. We got to move yeah. on, right, BK? We can't turn this around. And no, turn flight. it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. If it, if we were talking about a flight from like Austin to Dallas, then no, tough it out. It's that's like forty five minutes. No big deal. We're talking about an international flight to Spain. I can't have that for ten hours, twelve hours, whatever. There's no chance I'm dealing with that. You Just say fall asleep. Come on. Someone's someone's got to. You can't fall asleep when it smells like crap. Bunch of babies. And you say someone's got a baby. Put on a diaper. You can't put a grown man into a baby diaper. <laughs> yeah, you can. You tie them all together. Are you <laughs> are you not see naked and afraid? You can do anything out there. Come on. Uh, well, this guy is lucky because his identity remains a mystery. But passengers and crew, they had to go back to Atlanta. They had to transfer. They made it. They finally made it to Barcelona at 510 the next day. Well, I later, know that feeling. Yeah, that what was originally scheduled. Uh, no clue if the guy who was aboard the original plane made it on the second trip. I hope not, right? There's no way. Even if that guy had gotten his stomach situation rectified, there's no way in hell he should have been able to get back on board the new plane, considering it was his fault they had to deplane in the first place. Just go into the bathroom, sit yourself into the toilet, flush, have your ass in the – just do one of those. I mean, yeah. I think I think my buddy there, my doctor, Trey Elling III, has like one of those – what do they call them? Pates or whatever it is, bidets at his house or something like that. Yeah, I think he has that thing where the water comes all through you and stuff. Just sit in the toilet. If you're that bad, sit down in it and flush it. And in clean the airplane? <laughs> no, in the, at the airport. If you've got to take another flight, you're going to stink. You're going to smell a little bit. A lot of things, guys, I see guys doing those washrooms. You know how I am in bathrooms. I'm in there and I'm out, but there's a lot of things going on in there. A lot of foot touching, all kinds of stuff going on, you know? Have you ever done that? You have sat inside <laughs> the toilet to get no, the water on you? No, because in my lifetime, I'm not going to crap in my pants. Yeah. I'm going to crap in a lot of places, but it ain't happening in my pants. It may be happening in that 
that bag they give you to throw up in <laughs> on, crap there. on an airplane on an airplane but oh. i'm not crapping in my pants no go to, the, go to the bathroom they'll be using the barf bag to drop your deuce Are you kidding me it's not happening in my pants it's happening in that bag or somewhere else but no i would volunteer to clean that up i'm going to barcelona i'm not turning around one thing i'm not doing i'm not going back into atlanta airport i know that there's, there's nothing good happens at Atlanta airport. Uh, it's all bad once you turn around and you're back at that airport for sure. Somebody asked on the text line, 512-222-9328. Yes, our brand new TSU text line. Why not use the oxygen masks? Oh, there, there's not enough room. Yeah, that's right. Everybody, that's oxygen mask shit. comes down. You don't down. shit in the oxygen mask. You <laughs> use that. <laughs> Put that on. Go to sleep. We have to move on. You can't turn the flight around. I don't like flights to turn around unless there's a mechanical problem. And that, that whole bio, your crap, that guy's eating the same probably junk peanuts they gave you on that flight anyway. He's eating the same thing you've eaten. He's good to go. Wipe it up. Let's move on. Golly. Put the mask on. That was a great idea, Texter. That was a great idea. Drop the mask. Let's move on. And pilot, uh, don't be so soft. Let's get to, let's get to Barcelona here. Just imagine you've got this great trip planned to Spain. You've been preparing <laughs> for this for months. You've been saving for years. You finally get on board the flight and you're ready to go. And then you have to turn around because some guy can't stop shitting himself. <laughs> you happen to be on the plane that the mad shitter's on. That is great. Uh, oh, I'm not. Del- hey, Delta, I'm not doing it again. Next time I go to Pennsylvania, I'm taking Amtrak. I'm going going through Dallas, through Tennessee. I don't care. Mississippi, Chicago. I'm going that route. I'm not getting back on one of those flights. The Amtrak. I'm, they have I'm, other airlines. I'm going to go. Oh, they're no good either. I'm going to go downstairs right now and beg my wife not to get on that flight on Thursday. God, Take, seek man. other transportation. Oh, my even, goodness. I don't even know what to do here. That's All right. Awful. Some shout-outs to a few other sponsors before we talk some NFL. Of course, we're just two days away from the NFL season kicking off in Kansas City. Some love to our friends at 7-Eleven. They've got bathrooms there, but, you know, please be nice to the 7-Eleven bathrooms. Absolutely. They've got everything there at 7-Eleven. Of course, you can fuel up for game day. They've got the gas for your cars there, but they also have all of the snacks, all of the beer, the big gulps, the Slurpees, the hot dogs, the taquitos. The clean all. products. You'll find clean cause products right there. They've got a clean cause as well. Yes, there's a 7-Eleven near you. There's one right by me. There's one right by the buck. They're all over Austin. They're all over the Metroplex. They're all over Houston. Go say what's up to our guy, Ashish, who owns and operates three different 7-Elevens here in Austin. The one on Monterey Oaks right by me. Uh, the one on 360 and B Caves. And then the one on Lake Austin Boulevard. Ashish, big UT fan, big Texas sports unfiltered fan. He's going to take care of you. Many thanks to our friends at 7-Eleven for their support of this channel and also some love to top gun rentals and oh, yeah. lawn equipment. If there's something you need to get done, they've got the tools and the equipment right there on site at top gun Two Austin area locations, one up North in Anderson square, one down South on South first street, all of the biggest brands, a massive selection rentals and sales. They've got it all right there for you. They can help you tackle any project that you have Topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. And soon I'll be hooked up with one of those last stand hats, of course. Yes. I'm now 
the Dion's got it going on. Love that Buffalo on the front. Absolutely. Yeah. Last stand hat. Shout out to them. If you want that awesome gear, check out their website, laststandhats.com. We're working on some Texas sports unfiltered gear for us, but also for you people out there as well. And uh, last stand hats, a ton of great longhorn merch, not just Texas. They've got a bunch of schools from the state represented on site. Check them out. Laststandhats.com. And we're working on that promo code to hook you guys up with a little bit of a discount when you're shopping online at laststandhats.com. Bucky, the NFL kicks off two days from now. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs will raise another banner at Arrowhead Stadium this Thursday night as they play host to the Detroit Lions. That's right. That's right. Uh, Dan, the fighter Dan your, Campbell's. How about that for your season opening game? The Lions coming off of a winning season. They did not make the playoffs, but – uh, they surprised a lot of people with what they were able to do in year two of the Dan Campbell era. And a lot of people, I'm pretty sure they're the Vegas favorites to win the NFC North this season, Buck. Lions, Chiefs, your opener Thursday night. How you feeling about that one? Well, I, I think the defending champs will win that game, but I don't think that's a, a rollover. I don't think they rolled the fighting Dan Campbells over. I think that's a that's a good football team. Jared Goff is really playing playing well. He played well last year at quarterback. Very consistent guy. They've got the type of receivers to get it done. They've got a boatload of running backs this year, BK. And I think they're going to be really happy with their defense. Their secondary was one of the worst secondaries in the NFL last year. But I think they've tried to rectify that in the draft and, and made some, you know, they've made some offseason trades that are really going to help them out. But I, I Dan Campbell, there, there's nothing about his attitude that tells you that they're not ready to fight you for sure or bite your kneecaps off or anything else when it comes to winning. They'll be – They'll be in a lot of football games this year. They're not going to win their division because that's – you know who resides in that, don't you? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, that's oh. right. And Kirk Cousins, that's right. Let's not forget. Who, who perennial loser Kirk Cousins and the perennial losers, the Minnesota Vikings. That's absolutely right. They're not going to get through the Vikings, but they will win some football games again. I think they'll win, again, they'll win probably eight or nine games again this season. But they're not beating Kansas City in game number one when they raised the – Raise another banner. Yeah. An arrowhead. I don't think so. The Chiefs currently six and a half point favorites. I'll tell you what, Buck. The best chance the Lions have is Chris Jones not playing. Yes. And he still hasn't showed up because the Chiefs haven't been able to work out a contract extension with their best defensive player. And a guy, for my money, is one of the top 10 players in all of football. Yeah. And they're not going to play him. They won't play him even even if he's ready to go on Thursday. They're not going to risk that guy in game one. Well, he's not been there. I mean, he's been he's been sort of there, but he's not there. Why would you even put him in the game? No, oh, they'll play him. If they get the deal done, if he shows up, he's going to play. He's just not showing up right now. You think they'd put him on the field even on a Thursday? Yeah, I do. I do. I think they've been keeping tabs on him, and I think Chris Jones has almost been expecting a deal to get done to where he can literally just show up and be ready to play. I mean, he knows that defense. He's been there for years. It's oh, the yeah, same. there's it's nothing he needs to yeah, 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 yeah. So I think uh, I think if he can get that deal done, he will play. But once again, we're we're two days away now from kickoff, and still no Chris Jones. So it's uh, it's a wild situation. But that could help that Lions run game and that Lions offense. Uh, ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator up there in Detroit, had a bunch of head coaching interviews. He yes. turned them down. Like I think he took one or two interviews and then just pulled his name out of the hat and said, "No, I'm going back to Detroit. I'm going to be the OC here for at least one more year." 
And uh, that was huge for the Lions. And they had a pretty good draft. They maybe reached on a couple of positions, but they added some talented players in the draft for sure. And that NFC North with Rodgers leaving with Minnesota, I know they won that division last year and won a bunch of games, but they, they had some TCU to them, Buck, where they just won so many one-score games, and it felt like every right. ball bounced their way, and they got every single break last year. I think they're vulnerable. The Bears had the worst record in football last year, so there's a shot for the Lions here. And, yeah, they could send a message to the NFL that Absolutely. You know, last year was not a fluke if they find a way to upset the defending champs in their house on Thursday night. Yeah, that's that's going to be a very interesting game. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he won't want to come out of the game. If that's, you know, I don't care if they're up by two touchdowns. That guy just wants to play football. He's looking for another MVP. Uh, can he have another MVP season? You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers back and back, you know, and with him with the Jets and their offense. There's going to be a lot, a lot of it's going to be tough to be the the reigning MVP. Can he do it again? I mean, that's. That, that team, how good can they sustain? Can they continue to sustain what they're doing? I guess as long as you have that quarterback and that coach, yes, they can. That's it. Yep, you've got a Hall of Fame coach. You've got the best player in the NFL. Let's see if they miss Eric Bieniemy at all as, as the guy on the sideline where Patrick Mahomes is. Let's see how much do they miss him at all. Do they miss a beat at all with that guy not being on the sideline? I think we'll be able to tell that in the first couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, well, maybe the Chiefs will be too nice because apparently Eric Bieniemy is a huge a hole and he's too yeah. mean to all of his players. So maybe, maybe they get soft. Yeah, maybe the Chiefs get a little soft without having a Bieniemy there in Kansas City. But it's tough, man. I mean, what the Chiefs have been able to put together is obviously tremendously impressive. But it's been a long time since we've had a repeat champion in the National Football League. I know Kansas City is the Super Bowl favorite, and it's hard to argue against that because, like you said, they still have that coach and they still have that quarterback. But uh, the NFL feels pretty open this year. The AFC is loaded. Oh, my God, the AFC is so good. That's going to be so much fun to watch over these 17 weeks and obviously in the playoffs as well. And then the NFC, it's open, man. Oh, yeah, your Dallas Cowboys will be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, they will. They'll get it done. Yep. I mean, if they were in the AFC, I wouldn't feel as confident in saying that. But because they're in the NFC, I mean, I think they're a top three team in that conference, right? Philly. Well, I and I believe they're going to have they're going to have their hands full with the New York football giants this season. But I think they'll come out. I think they'll come out. Yeah, that's right. I think they'll come out ahead. I, I don't think it's going to be easy whatsoever for 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 the Dallas Cowboys. But I think their quarterback will be better. He doesn't have a choice but to get better because he can't get any worse than what he was last year. Yeah. You know, they're they're not because if he is, they won't have that same head coach. They're they'll have a new head coach who's just right down the hall from that one. But uh Dak Prescott, I think, will be better this year. I think they'll I don't know if they'll be better offensively. I don't, but I just know that defense is devastating. Well, that they've got to be better. They've got to be better offensively, uh, right? Dak's got to be better, like you said. I mean, that defense was one of the best in football last year. And the Cowboys are trying. I mean, they they basically got rid of Kellen Moore. They shipped him off to the Chargers, and Mike McCarthy is like, "It's all on him. It's all me. This is my offense, and if this ship is starting to go down, it's going to go down with me at the helm." So I don't know what to expect from the Cowboys' offense this year. I mean, statistically, they've been one of the most potent offenses in football the last few years. But you know, Dak's coming off of a disappointing season. Obviously, in that playoff loss to San Francisco, they couldn't get anything going offensively. So they're trying to shake something up to see. If it works, but yeah, they let's see if this run shot. game. Let's see if this run game works for them. 
Yeah. Yeah. With Tony Pollard and the deuce is loose. Yes. That's what they were saying on that Delta Airlines flight, right? (laughs) (laughs) Loose. It was a lot of deuces that were loose. Maybe one of the worst stories of all time. Good job. That sounds like that. Yeah. Cowboys Giants, the Sunday night football game in prime time this weekend. Uh, We'll talk plenty of NFL, of course, between now and and the end of the week. Uh, early thoughts, though, on Texans-Ravens. That's the biggest spread in the NFL in week one. Baltimore at home, a 10-point favorite against the Texans. Of course, it'll be the regular season debut for the number two overall pick, C.J. Stroud. You give the Texans any chance in that game, or is it no. blowout city in BMO? No, I, I see that as two touchdowns. I do. I, I think Lamar Jackson comes in there, wants to show his new offense, new offensive coordinator. And I think they will run the ball pretty well against the Texans defense. Lamar's gotten better every year in the passing game. And he's got some weapons. You know, he's got Safe Flowers, a kid out of Boston College. You know, they've got, you know, Mark Andrews is back at tight end. They'll want to throw a million balls. L- Lamar Jackson will want to throw a million to Mark Andrews, as he always does. But I think he has wide receiver weapons this year, BK. I think he'll show some, you know, that th- improved passing like he did over the last couple of years. He's going to run. Folks, he's not all of a sudden going to be a, a drop-back passer. Don't look for this guy to sit in the pocket and, and show you that he's a drop-back passer. Look for Lamar Jackson to do the things that he's always done. But they can't afford – what they can't afford, they can afford for him to get banged up early, but he's got to be there late. He can't not be there at the end of the season for this team. They paid wow. him too much money. Yep, that's happened the last couple of years, and I do think – Lamar Jackson kind of milked his injury last year because he was pissed that he hadn't gotten that money that yes. you just talked about. But now that he's paid, now that he's got that deal, uh, they're obviously hoping his commitment level is a little bit stronger, and they're hoping that he could be the player who won league MVP a few years ago, who took the league by storm, who nobody could stop. Hasn't been as productive over the last few seasons. We'll see if uh, the old Lamar Jackson can come back. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, also, and BK, I'm also looking to see if Deshaun Watson can get to – anywhere close to where he was before or does the mojo just have him for for the for the madness that went on with all the massage massage stuff that went on in Houston is that just is that mojo just come back to haunt him will he ever return to be the quarterback he is because he's got a decent team in Cleveland I mean they can run you know with Nick Chubb they can run the football they can they can take pressure off of him but he wasn't anything close to looking like the quarterback that we've seen before and that I mean is that just has it just disappeared or is he just that good enough? That guy was one of the best in the business Yeah, when he was with the Texans. I mean, I don't know how you just lose that unless fate has just got you. You've just done something that you're not going to come back from. But yeah. as, a, as a football player and a, a, highly, a, a highly skilled quarterback the way he was, I'm real interested in seeing if that really does come back to him this year. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of the biggest question marks in the NFL this season, right? Like, the, like you said, the Browns, they've got some talent on that roster, but none of it's going to matter if Deshaun Watson looks like no. what he did last year. You're right. During his time in Houston, he was kind of in the conversation as a top five quarterback in the NFL. And last year he was a bottom five quarterback in the NFL oh, yeah. once he came off of that suspension. So uh, they paid him a crap ton of money. They obviously gave up a ton to the Texans to go get him in that trade last off season. Uh, they open up against the Bengals. And Oh, by the way, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, he was asked about Joe Burrow. Remember Joe Burrow suffered that injury early sure. in yeah, training camp? Yeah, calf muscle. Injury. Zach Taylor did not commit to Joe Burrow playing on Sunday. So we don't know if Joe Burrow is going to be 100% healthy or if he's going to be able to play at all in Cleveland 
in this opening game. So that could be an advantage for the Browns and an advantage for Deshaun Watson and obviously Texans fans because they've got Cleveland's first-round pick next year. They're hoping Joe Burrow is healthy because they yes. want the Browns to suck this year. Well, I, I think, think Philadelphia will win. I think that Philadelphia still will win the division this year. For San Francisco 49ers, you know, this is a big year for Kyle Shanahan. And, and for Brock Purdy, in the long run, how is he going to be? How is that elbow going to be in week six? How is that elbow going to be in week 14? Is he going to be able to sustain his ability to do? I mean, he's, I mean, that offense is built for him and built around him and gives him some pretty simple throws, but is that elbow going to last the entire season? Great question. Yeah. That's, that's big for them because what do they have behind there? I mean, they've, they've got plenty of players, but at the quarterback position, what do they have behind Brock Purdy who still is Brock Purdy? Well, they got rid of Trey Lance and they brought in Sam Darnold. So if something happens to Brock Purdy, then they'll go with Sam Darnold, who's been a bust to this point in his NFL career. We'll see if uh, Kyle Shanahan can figure some things out for the former top three pick. All right, that's going to do it for Bucky and BK. Thanks to all of you for listening and watching and texting this morning. Yeah, don't forget, we've got a text line, 512-222-9328. That's not just for this show. That's for every show that we have here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Once again, many thanks to all of our great sponsors. We really do appreciate y'all's support, and hopefully you people out there go support our sponsors like they're supporting us. Bucky Fun Show, I will talk to you tomorrow at uh, 8 a.m., my friend. All right, brother, I will see you in the morning. Coming up next, coming up now, Chaos Theory, Adam Wagner, Rodney Rodriguez. Gentlemen, take it away.